Welcome to episode 126 of Critopocalypse, the podcast <coughs> where we don't tell you what to watch, but we tell you what we've watched and what we thought of what we've watched. Sometimes it's recent, sometimes it's not so recent, sometimes it's not something you watch, it's, not just it's something that, you yeah. play, sometimes it's stuff you drink, and sometimes it's an ill-advised coffee enema that you have in the back alley of somewhere in Soho. And how have you been? And how have you been? Take a sip. You're taking a, taking a quick sips up of your rose lemonade. Lemonade's botanically brewed natural pink lemonade. Um, gonna get sponsorship. Do you, do you like it? It's quite nice, isn't it? It's I'd not too have sweet. The Dan and Burdock, or I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, All nice. I can say is, Ant, I'll keep an eye out. If it goes on offer, I will get you some. But for now, are you enjoying the beverage, mm-hmm. the libation that you have it's been? Pink lemonade. Cool. Alright, so have you been? What are you up to? Tastes like grass. What are you up to? What are you, what are you been what are you been doing? Anything new? Anything interesting? How was your Christmas? I mean, we went through Christmas, that happened. Yeah, we did we did the best of the year. How do you feel about that after thinking about it? Um I can't put the lid back on properly. Um I mean we did it. Yeah? Yeah. That's true. Yeah, best film of the year was um Serenity. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, no no no, it was Dolomite is my name. I <laughs> can't believe I forgot the name of that film. And also couldn't remember why I'd written down as nominations. Yeah. But I'm a little bit better prepared this week. I'm not, not, I'm not still struggling with the mind-breaking effects of watching Cats whilst high. I'm now, you know, in a better place. I'm ready. I've matured. Yeah? No, you I'm haven't. Matured. No, I haven't. Uh, my hair's just as floppy and I'm just as mad. Um, okay, and well, this week... Before we go into the main crux of the, the podcast, which we're going to review a few things, we do this every week, four things, let's let's talk about the news, what's in the news. So let's talk firstly about gaming stuff. That's fine, you can do that all you want. So this year we've got some big hits coming out. We know that Resident Evil 3 is coming out. It's 90% complete, so they don't see any chance of a Wait, delay. what year is it? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, but then also we've got Cyberpunk 2077 it's coming out. Or well, the board game. Yes. The yes. um, yeah, the D and D game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also less exciting is the fact that we've got Baldur's Gate three coming out on what Stadia. <laughs> well, well, it's twenty twenty. It's twenty twenty. Of course, it's twenty twenty. It's Baldur's Gate three. We got Diablo fours out this year and Diablo Immortals. That's exciting. So it's just what way. So, I mean, like, is there anything in particular you're Not looking that. forward to? Birds of Prey is out February seventh. I forgot that that was a thing. It's technically, it's a Harley Quinn movie, isn't it? Is that out before the Sonic Hedgehog movie? Yes. Sonic Hedgehog movies on Valentine's Day. in that song. Oh, you can go see it as part of the French Festival. Someone's probably playing it as a joke. Yeah. My, um, my friend I went to school with, I used to have a... We used to write comedy sketches together when we were younger. He's at the Edinburgh Film Festival this year. Uh, not Film Festival, the Edinburgh Comedy Festival. He's also doing a set right now with um, Phil Wang. 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 Phil Wang. Phil Wang. Phil Wang. Yeah, Phil Wang. Wang. It's a comedian, yeah, Phil Wang. <laughs> was that an instruction? No, that's his name. <laughs> he was on Taskmaster. His name is making. He was the guy who dressed in the in the in the uh, Game of Death outfit from no, Bruce I don't Lee. Know, I don't know Do you not? Well, he didn't wear pants through the whole series, and it's quite a tight costume, so you can see the outline of his dick and balls in every episode. Lovely. It was uh, it was pretty funny, um, but yeah, he's 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 touring. My friend is being is a supporting actor for him. It's pretty interesting. Mm. Pretty good. Good on him. He was on BBC as well. 
He's way more successful than I am. Yeah, how's your comedy career? (laughs) My comedy career went badly, Ann. Mm. (laughs) Well, once he disappeared to go to university in Bristol, I tried to continue the comedy career with what I will say is a less apt partner. And it turns out that I probably wasn't giving 50% of the comedy jobs in the career in the first place. Something closer to about 25%. So the other 75% was coming from Matt, who wasn't helped. We were the two Matts. What were your maths... We were the two. What was your maths grade at school? <laughs> Pretty high. He was seventy five percent of the of the talent. I was twenty five. That's what I'm saying. So once he left, I thought I had to fill a void of fifty percent. But not being able to do that, I thought twenty five percent would be fine. No, we were we were essentially no, we weren't good. So enough. you're trying fifty percent harder, so you end up being just thirty three and a third percent of a. No, 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 Ant. I'm saying that he was. He, just you doing some Scott Steiner maths on No, me? no, no, no. So you've got a hundred percent is is a complete right. He was 75% of the talent. Yeah. I was 25%. So you said you had to work 50% harder. No, 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 no. What I said then was I had to find someone to fill the 50% that I assumed would be, ocu- would be, would be vacant. Mm. Turns out, no, I was a lesser talent than originally assumed. And mm. also the person yeah. I had brought in was a lesser talent. Yeah. So we were only 50% of a complete comedy duo because we were not, not able to fill the giant vacuum left by the talented person who was part of that that duo. So you're saying you weren't a complete anything. No, not after he left. You had a massive hole. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Originally you thought that I was, I was saying I would have to make 50% effort in something and then 25% would be another person or 75% would be what another person provided thinking that I thought that a complete was 125%. Hmm. No, no, my maths is okay. Don't worry. I'm not having a complete mental breakdown. I'm just on antibiotics. Hmm. So I'm having a bit of a breakdown. Hmm. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, and DCEU news. What? DCEU news. No. The Flash is happening. That's not. How do you feel about the Flash? They're doing the Flash point. No, the director's so going to leave. We're going to get the crappy. We're going to get the crappy beard. We're going to get the crappy beard because you remember he went back. and went Lois is key, and he's like, "What? Lois is key, and Henry Cavill. Don't let him leave, or the universe He'll kill has us all failed." He said or something. Yeah, and then he disappeared, and then Baffert was. You like, watched that film more than I have. I've quit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit more, yeah. Anyway, so um, so yeah, that's happening, and also the director of Doctor Strange Two has left. Yeah. Um. So I mean, that's that's sad. I was looking forward to Doctor Strange Two. I don't think Scott Derrickson was the person who directed the first one, was he? I can't remember. No, nor can I. All right, and your first review this week: review of things, stuff, whatever. Oh, I have to review stuff now. Mm-hmm. Oh, for fuck's sake, Jesus T. Um, I watched, uh, but uh, you know I watched. Do you know I watched? Do you know what I watched? What you watch, cats? I watched no. I watched um, Ultraman, the Netflix animated <laughs> the series. The new one. Yeah. Yeah. Ultraman. Ultraman. They don't say the Ultraman in Japan. They say Ultraman. How does he hide the fact he's a giant robot? He's not a giant robot. He never was. Ultraman in the original 60s series, well, actually the original series was Ultra Q, which was more of like a weird events thing type thing, and then Ultraman was the following series. Anyway, in the original series, he merged with an alien and gave him superpowers. And this kind of carries on from that original series, but as if that original series was maybe in the 90s or something. And there's like this whole thing. It's kind of based on the manga comic that was around years ago. Yeah. Where his son, who has like alien DNA in him, Yep. superpowers and abilities and he becomes the new Ultraman with like a special armour suit developed by the organisation that was like supporting Ultraman in the past and they had like a little team didn't they that would help no no no, no. they didn't have a team back then there's different Ultramans there's all sorts of stuff this isn't based on any of the other series though okay. it's all animated stuff and he's like you know he's learning how to be a hero and stuff but he needs to 
He's sort of in an organisation that wants him to kill aliens that have done bad things because aliens live among us secretly. Yes, and all sort yes. Of stuff. A bit like Gantz. And he doesn't want to, like, murder them as such because he's a good kid. He's like a 17-year-old kid and he's like, you know, he doesn't really want to do murders. But then there's situations where, like, he hasn't, where he doesn't act quick enough and people get hurt what? and Wait. upsets him. If there is even 1% chance that he will turn on us, we have to take it as a definite no, he's a good guy, but he just wants to be a hero. And he so kind is Batman, of, and he said that. He kind of gets into it, and he enjoys like fighting the aliens, and he enjoys the adulation he gets as for being Ultraman, and there's people who like him, and people are like, Ultraman's back, yay, some people don't like Ultraman. But then yeah. the episode show's only 13 episodes long, and it like really moves at a clip, even though mm-hmm. like every individual story is like a two-episode arc. Yeah. I don't know why they just didn't make the episodes now along each instead of two half hours. But like you get the setup. And then he gets like maybe two episodes where he's being Ultraman, and then there's another new Ultraman, and then a little bit later there's another new Ultraman, and then you get like a big finale that just like three episode arc for the finale, and there's guys in powered suits and they're fighting those, and there's aliens and shit, and he gets like new powers and stuff, and then the whole thing ends. Um, it's pretty decent. I really liked it. Um, you mentioned Gantz. It's got moments of unsettling stuff, a bit like Gantz. It doesn't go into like being ridiculously gory or anything, even though there is some gore. But it does like lean on the whole like unsettling nature of alien creatures, and you know, like how Gantz would have those alien designs that they would be fighting, and they're a little bit creepy and odd. Yeah, they just they they they'd have like inhuman took a faces, human, yeah, they took a human design and they just skewed it a little. Yeah, bit. There's, there's lots of stuff like that. Um, there's still a whole bunch of mysteries left open. They've got a second series being made apparently. Um, this is made by the same people who did those Godzilla animated films and it's a lot better than them. Yeah, because those um, were fucking dog shit. They're pretty terrible and overly long and boring. Mm. Yeah, um, and also no Godzilla in a lot of them. Just Godzilla just stands there for half of it. <laughs> um, but this one, yeah, there are lots of really cool, nicely done action sequences. It looks like they've done a combination of mocap and keyframe animations. I imagine they mocapped a lot of the action sequences to get them all down and stuff and things like that. But conversation scenes aren't done like that. Um, it's just like a really nicely put together series. I enjoyed it. It like I said, it, because it rattles through characters and introduces new Ultramans as the show goes on and things like that it does feel like it's fairly fast paced but there isn't actually a massive amount going on over the course of the series yeah um, and some mysteries get solved there's a villain in the series is called Bemla but like nothing really happens with him and then you find out he's not really the villain and he takes away one of the Ultramans who's like on the verge of death to save him and stuff and it's like oh, maybe he's not as bad maybe there's a mystery around him ooh um but yeah, there was this whole like inciting incident years ago where a plane got blown up and they think this Bemler guy destroyed the plane. And some people thought he was Ultraman coming back as a villain. But he wasn't because he's like got some armour. You don't know who he is. Ooh, spooky. Um, yeah, fun stuff. The animation quality is pretty good. The like, There's moments where you see like damage especially. Any, any sort of CGI that seems to be added on top of a model. So that the character models themselves look fine, but if there's like a bullet mark on the model or something, or an impact mark or something, it looks a little bit less quality. Oh, okay, yeah, it has the weird like it's almost like not an just, After Effects plugin rather than. Not they've just chucked effect. a bump map over it and yeah. stuff, and it's rough. Um, but you know they're fine. I like the three different costumes they did. You can see like they're based on actual Ultraman costumes, but they're like mechanical Iron Man looking things. Not quite Iron Man gloss and smoothness. They got mm. rough edges and stuff, but um. Like, the shapes, the red and the silver that makes up the costume is all, like, in patterns that make up designs of various Ultramans. Like, one of them is based on Ultra 7, which was, like, 
got about the third, fourth series of Ultraman. Yeah. I think. Um, and he's got a sword and he slices people up. Lots of arms get dismembered in this. That's cool. Like um, Star Wars. Yeah, like, like it's funny Speaking watching arms Wars, getting sliced <laughs> off. But, um, yeah, it's good. I'm looking for a second series. See how it goes. Might be fun. No intro sequence. That's um, outrageous. How That's can also you, weird. How can you do a tokusatsu themed show especially and not have a song at the start? You know what song I like at the beginning of almost everything? No. The Defenders of the no. Earth. No. I'm going to find a way to buy the rights. No. Okay. But um, yeah, it's it's decent. I liked it. There's no Ultraman going giant, but I'm guessing maybe they're saving that for the next series. Maybe this kid can't go giant. It does have like the timer thing in there because an Ultraman... When he goes giant, he's got like three minutes mm-hmm. to fight and beat the monster before. Yeah, it's what always happened at the end of the show. Yeah, but in this, it's like they unlock this safety protocol on his suit, and it gives him three minutes to fight at full capacity. Mm. Like you mentioned, sometimes the suit feels like it's lagging behind him. Okay, and it's basically because he's actually more powerful than the suit is, than the suit allows. So they have this unlock thing that makes it basically pull off the safety restraints, and he can go at full power and glows red. Okay, cool. Um. But that's like, I think they're building up for the next series. They'll build up to having giant monster fights because the original Ultraman grew giant and it's shown that he did grow giant and stuff. Yeah. And it's quite neat. The original Ultraman's like looks like the proper 1960s rubber costume Ultraman mm. CGI. They didn't try to redesign him as some mecha suit thing because the Banger comic is about like them trying to recreate Ultraman's abilities with a robot suit yeah. thing. But um, yeah, I like the monster designs. they got that old-fashioned I like the fact that rubber Ultraman- costume looks. So you like you had Godzilla and stuff like that, and a lot of it was like based on wrestling moves. Like so, like they would well, they grapple wrestling a lot. in Japan. Yeah, they mean. would grapple a lot, and they'd sort of like mm. tug and throw and stuff. If you watch Ultraman, it was all about jujitsu. Like it was all about like grapples and throws in a different way. So just he moved a bit. Yeah, more It depends fluid. on the fight. It depends what they're feeling because they like quite often with Tokusatsu, they'll just like for Whatever a laugh they they'll, the fi- they'll theme thing around wrestling because wrestling's popular I just I just love the image of There's... the skyline and then then Ultraman he's not like putting his fists up it was always like he'd have his palms flat ready to deflect oh, and then grapple on, yeah each Ultraman's got different fighting yeah. styles they do that on purpose there is the the I think it was like the early 90s that's when you had Ultraman he was a lot leaner as well oddly enough but you had him with like the fists up and stuff depends it was an on, animated yeah. version no, they, um, there was an animated cartoon in the late 60s, early 70s. Oh, okay, maybe that. it was that then. But um, and there was all sorts of spin-off stuff. It, Ultraman was freaking huge There was, huge like, there was an anime revival in yeah. early 2000s, uh, mid-2000s. I don't know, can't remember. But yeah. they, nowadays it's like, for a while there was a sort of sporadic period where Ultraman would come back for a couple of years and then disappear for a yeah. bit and then come back. The current series is called Ultraman RB, I think. It, no, not Ultraman RB, that one just finished. Ultraman Taro. Which is a sequel series to Ultraman Tiger. Okay. Or is it the other way around? I can't remember. There's so many Ultramans and they all look the bloody same. <laughs> well, there's, there's like slight variations. Races. Normally they have the weird mask. They'll have like a bit of a horn on their head and they'll have a slightly different pattern. Most of them have that weird opal design, don't they, with the chin's pointing that goes up and around and it's pointing yeah, on top it's and then just, they've got the face. It's like the, the, it's weird I, I used to fucking love Ultraman. I didn't, I never watched a complete film. I always used to watch the fights and stuff that online. Film's a TV series. Oh, sorry, the fights yeah, and stuff. There was a the film coming out by um, Hideki Anno, though. I'm thinking of what was it like 2005 where they had that super big guy wherever that weird film was where the Japanese guy could just get really big and he Big Man Japan Big Man Japan that was it <laughs> that's not Ultraman yeah no I know I, I just remember yeah, watching that for some reason kids today now there's a new Ultraman film coming out next year I Shin like... Ultraman Shin Ultraman yeah it's been done by Dekiano he right, did Shin, cool. Ga- Shin um, Godzilla and so he did the Cutie be... Honey movie, which is a mental... So is it just going to be another one about the government having to deal with the fact that there's a giant man? Probably. It's he's like... released one screenshot so far, and you can see he's, like, 
because he likes distorting people's limbs and stuff. That yeah. happens a lot. You know how Shin Godzilla had those arms that like no one in a costume could put their arms inside that. It was too skinny. He, yeah. His Ultraman's got like a slightly too high crotch and his arms are a little bit longer than you think they'd be. And he just, hmm. and the picture's just him standing there menacingly. I'm imagining <laughs> so he looks a bit like the angels from... Um, well, even against the same director. Yeah. 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 But it's oh, cute honey movies full of that sort of stuff. Like when she flings a kick, they'll distort the image to make her leg look longer and stuff oh, like okay. that. But um, I've got um, this cartoon doesn't do that though because it's 3D CGI and they're on model all the time. Speaking of manga, not a review, but just just a quick note. So they're doing a 4K transfer of the original um, Akira. Mm. So they're going to try and up. Well, they're doing it now, so they're, they're I don't doing... need to upscale. It was shot on photo film. Mm. So they're going to remaster, or they're going to take a new. They got remaster. a remaster a few years ago. It's got a. There's like 4K version. Oh, already a 4K version? Well, it hasn't been released or anything, but they did 4K scans for the Blu-ray that came out ages ago. All right. Well, they recently, yeah. they also, um, about two years ago, they released a, a new translation of the original animes. Mm. They had like the Masterworks thing. Uh-huh. Um, and it was on Comixology. On what anime? On the manga for Akira. Akira never had an anime series. No, the manga. Oh, the manga, comic. I said manga three times. You said that Manga Entertainment had done the transfer no, 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 of no, no, the no, animes. no. There is a manga release of the original. The, you said anime. The... All right, whatever. You fucking idiot. Whatever. Jesus Christ. Fuck the weebs, off. The weebs are going to come for you. Oh god. Um, I still haven't played Persona Five, so let's just add some flame to that fire. Mm. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So they've done an original. So they've done a, a new transfer of all their text like two years ago, um, and they look beautiful. I bought them on Comicsology because they've got the digital version. Because the books are fucking hundreds and hundreds of pounds. I can't really afford. Nah, them. they're not. You can get them on Amazon. Um, the original prints, man. But um, but I've all those, and I'm looking forward to reading for it because apparently the film only encompasses the first. The three film issues. isn't even like it's like picks certain segments of parts of the story and mashes it together. The main character is like a side character. He's not even in one of the books. What Canada? Yeah, yeah. He's like not. He literally, you know, those big books that were like yeah. like 200 pages each. Yeah, he's not even in one of them. Really? Like, and he's like. So is it Tetsuo is the main character? No, neither of them are. Oh, really? Yeah. Akira is the main character? No. Okay. So the leader <laughs> the, the, of the, the resistance? Man, the comic is more about, like, the fallout of what happens to Akira, of Akira. And, like, there's a war. There's okay. World War. There's a war. The kids end up getting involved in. The girl, what's her name? Rin? I can't remember yeah. her name. The main main girl in it. She's one of the main ones. Like, Canada is, like, the cocky back... He's, like, the background guy. He's, he's a Han about, Solo. Well, he's just, like, a friggin' comic relief character. Hmm. He's just a member of the gang. Usually says something dumb, and he doesn't really have much of a character. And that's why they made him the main character of the anime because he becomes an insert character in the film. See, I thought he was a leader. Tetsuo's a major part of it. Like, yeah, but Tetsuo is. It goes on. It goes. Yeah. It's like freaking. It's long. I'm looking forward to it. They're doing a series. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading it and actually getting into it. It's going to be good. I read it. I read some of it years ago. It was a lot of it. There's so much. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit intimidating. But it's that's... like freaking black. Yeah, like if you get. a Black Hole, which is a massive comic book, which I've got over there. Yeah, I've got um, a copy of Black It's Hole. like six lots of that like to get through. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I've, I've read Black Hole. I really like Black Hole. And David fin- Finkner was meant to do Fincher. a... Fincher. Yeah, David Fincher was meant to do a... He's, um, he's got the rights to it. He brought the rights to it. He never made this version of it, though. Yeah, but they wouldn't fund it because that's a, like, a really hundred-some-odd-million-dollar movie to do. Yeah, really hard subject matter. Mm. Nothing much happens until the end, and even then... A lot happens in it. Well... The kids today. Nothing really happens action-wise. Action, it's not an action comic. No, I know, but the ending is like... The the ending would be a catalyst in a movie. Nah, it's all about 
kids being dirty little perverts and getting it's sexually transmitted diseases. It's sex. It's not about being dirty little perverts. And they also, they don't, they oh, purposely, they purposely keep it vague as to where the disease starts. Because... Aliens. Yeah. Well. Probably. Um, okay. All right. Anyway, is that your review? <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, sure. Cool. Well, my first review this, this week mm. is going to be a film that I watched on the plane back from Amsterdam. Um, and I really enjoyed. Mm. Uh, it's called mm. Necrotronic. So I'm going to make sure I've got IMDb up because it's not got like massive named actors in it. Um, probably the biggest name in it is, um, is the guy, David Wenham, who played the one-eyed guy from 300 who tells the story. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. David Wenham's in it. I thought that was um, Clint Howard. <laughs> and also uh, the other big name is Monica Bellucci but other than that she's the bigger name she is the bigger name yeah yeah she's a bigger name than David Wenham hey what's wrong with saying David Wenham um, anyway so Necrotronic is you take a dash of Ghostbusters you take a little bit of the Evil Dead and then you sort of mash it together on a 10 million pound or 10 million dollar budget and and you American dollars Australian um, <laughs> 10 million Australian dollars together quid. and you make and, and one thing that I, I don't think that saying how much it's worth and then naming actors really does it justice because I think that a lot of people assume that it's it, those are staples David Wenham's in it for five minutes Monica Bellucci's in it for longer she's like the main villain but she's still not not in it throughout like she comes in and out of the plot as and when because she's like a big bad you can't have her in every single scene you can't always know her plans or there's no intimidation there but we're supposed to sympathise with the villains and then like them and then be really glad that they romance so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna try and sum it up and I'm gonna try and make do it justice because it's kind of hard to but so two guys are working a job where they basically clean toilets um one of them is the brother of the person who runs the company and, and just basically has, for lack of a better word, a shit time thanks. of it. A shit time of it. And thanks to... Oh, an toilets. Yeah. And thanks to an accident when he was a kid, he can't remember much of his youth. So he's basically stuck in this job just waiting for his uncle and his brother and everyone else. And it's just... It, it's not a great life. Um, one day, him and his mate are driving to do a job after coming off a 13-hour shift. They're told they have another shift. So they drive to the next job begrudgingly um, they get there and an accident means that one of them gets covered in shit he washes himself off and as they're driving off the other one's trying to distract himself from the smell by playing a game on his phone it's a new game it's like this big thing in the area and it's like there. it's like a beta and it's a bit like Pokemon Go but instead of Pokemon you catch ghosts oh. so you see ghosts on your phone and you tap so it. like the Ghostbusters one a bit like the Ghostbusters one this is what I mean this is like <laughs> the, where the Ghostbusters thing comes in so yeah going around they're like oh look I got a ghost I got a ghost and um and he show, he puts the phone over his mate and his mate's glowing and he's like that shit you've got on you must be real pungent because you are like flashing and he's like what, do you, what are you talking about fuck off with that and he's having a headache and he's just not having a good time and so his mate double taps on the screen and suddenly he has like a fit It's he flies out the car door and he's just a state and he's like what did you do to me what happens turns out that he had a device in him to hide his location um, he is being hidden from his mother, played by Monica Bellucci, who was a necromancer, who are a secret group that are fighting demons that started out going inside of people back in medieval times where people would just slash those people up and that would expel the demons. They, and that's how they'd exercise them. Now, they have more way, ways built around technology, but as they've developed, demons have developed. And it turns out the, the game on the phone, what? catching the ghost doesn't do shit. What it actually does is, by having you actively participate in the game, at any moment that they want, 
once they've got these boxes set up throughout the town, they can use the game to just suck your soul out and replace your soul with a demon. In quite an impressive effect. Yeah. When you think of a $10 million movie, just up the effects to what you'd expect from, say... it's The effects are on par, honestly, with um, with what they did with the Evil Dead remake. Yeah. So they're quite quite good effects. And and the gore is great and everything else. And and that premise alone is is stupid. It's quite stupid. It's quite fun. And you can see that they're... They're kind of keeping up with current times, but because of budget, they can't be up to up to date. So it's it's very much a thing like that's been in production for years. But anyway, that's besides the, the point. Technology is evil. From from there, from there, he finds out. Obviously, his mum was this big thing. David Wenham explains what the necromancers are and says, "We've got these cool guns. We've got these cool gadgets. We can do all this shit. Here's the gist of it. Here's what you can do. Get out there and fight demons." He's like, "I really don't want to." And he's like, "But this is your mum. She killed your dad. She did this. Get out there." be a part of this thing because you don't really have a choice they're killing us I've been about 20 minutes of you explaining the review so far sorry the, the plot they're, they're killing us and, and we need to you know, and, and from there just it's all loggerheads that's only in the first 25-30 minutes and then from there it just goes nuts and it's great it's really fucking good and it's hard to describe a film like this in a way that all, that seems appealing to everyone and I feel like it has mass appeal to people who enjoy horror movies to people who enjoy action movies to people that enjoy comedy movies there's a lot in there to like and Especially now that we've got stuff like what we do in the shadows, the film, Rose of Permanence, and you've got Taika Waititi's making films in New Zealand and more of that culture is mm. being shown to the world. People can do more and know more about that. And they can, and I think that films like this, like Australia, New Zealand, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on from both those countries that people just don't seem to get hold of. You've got films like Undead from like 2010. You've got Wormwood from like 2014, which is by these guys. You've got that stuff that falls by the wayside. It's just sad because. I think that there needs to be more notice, and especially of this film, it deserves to do really well. Yeah, but all the Australian actors are doing big Hollywood movies now. Well, they seem to fall into that, don't they? But but this is really is like a homegrown effort. Like you they've got Liam Hemsworth, yeah, in your films. Even though even though you've got like is that Chris Chris Hemsworth films. Margot Robbie. No, there's a Chris Hemsworth film coming out on Netflix in a couple of weeks. Is there? Uh, Twelve something. It's a military thing. Twelve strong about the horses. Yeah, maybe. yeah, that was made years ago, mate. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, nah. Yeah, sorry, cinema. Got Michael Shannon in it. Yeah, yeah. It's about yeah, they all have horses and they go through Iraq. That guy from the Dead Rising film. Guy from the Dead Rising film. Yeah, Robbie Reggie, Robbie Riggle was his name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob Riggle. Yeah, he's yeah, in it. Comedian. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so um, te- Nectronic. If you if you are a fan of any of that stuff, like it's just. It's high pace, high energy. It keeps everything going along. There's not a lot of like, there doesn't, although it sounds like quite a heady concept in terms of how much they try and cram heady. it. There's not a lot, yeah. of, there's not a lot of exposition. It's really high art level <laughs> concept, this. I mean, no, really... well, no, but once you've got like a world that you have fully envisioned and you try and let the audience see that within an hour and 40 minutes, that can be tough. And a lot of films fail to do that. Even massive high budget films. Even RIPD failed to do that. Exactly. And that's basically men in black. But you look like a woman. Men in black, but you look like an old man. You have the, like, um, Jap- the Chinese actor, whatever his name is, a Japanese actor. Oh, um. It's Robert Chang or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, He's, he's like, like, in a, in like everything. 500 million freaking Well, he credits. played, he played, uh. He's in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was going to say. But, um, but no, I, I think that everyone can, everyone should see this. It's on, it's on iTunes in HD for like 10 quid and it'll be on mm-hmm. Netflix eventually. But I think if, you're a fan of the stuff, then I hope people support you it. You saw it in the best method possible on the back of some headrest. No, no, no. I paid for it, and then I had to find a way to download it from iTunes on an Android phone, which is a fucking nightmare. I had to get Tara to do the file on her iPad 
save on iTunes and send it to my iTunes account, well, which I can then the screen on on the there's just a screen to watch it on the planes. No, what, what planes have you been on? There Maybe... was like a screen in the back. No, of the no, no, thing. no, no, no. Like modern planes don't. They're smaller. Oh, it's got BA flights. They're like half an hour, forty minutes, or two hours. They don't really do that shit anymore. Oh, for God's sake, it's yeah. outrageous. Yeah, so your own entertainment. They used to. Well, they were introducing something like on trains where you have like entertainment built in. So if you log into the Wi Fi, it brings up a page. That's what you get for going to you Europe. You need to go to countries further away and get the. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe it's just the start of Brexit. Shitter flight. Yeah, when Brexit happens, Smaller you'll be taking planes. your holidays Smaller in Britain. planes. So they yeah. can't see us on the radar so yeah. we can sneak into other countries. Uh, but yeah, you can have no. your, part, your holidays in Skegness. <laughs> Western Supermare. <laughs> Necrotronic isn't a perfect movie, but it's a Tom no. Atkins because it embodies the idea of films that Tom Atkins would star in. It is very much Tom like... Tom in it? No. Well, then I wish he wouldn't have starred in it. It is, it is very much like Neither Creeps. It's very much like the 1988 blob. You know, you've got all these... This information is given to you in a, in a way that you can digest very easily, very cleverly, and then from there you can watch the plot unfold and they don't Joe's have to tell you. Atkins. You have. Yeah, Joe shook his hand. You have. Yeah. You have a video for me and a signed, a signed picture from, from Creep Show Because I love him. Which I recently watched again and I enjoyed mm. a lot more than Another I remember. Really yeah. Didn't when you saw the film and he did that bit, did you wonder why it didn't have his autograph on the screen? No. Yeah. No. Although <laughs> although there is a bit where he slaps the kid and I was like, Oh, I wish I got that. <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh, I like but, violence to children in films. I love it. Um but no, Necrotronic a bit it Toxic is, Crusader when they drive over the kid's head. That's fucking hilarious. Remember Flashpoint where the kid gets thrown and dies? The bad guy picks up a kid by her ankles, hides behind her, and then when when Donnie Yen tries to kick around her, he's like, he's like, ha! Ah, I'll tell you what I'll do instead. Just throws her in the road in front of a car, and then the next scene is just this little girl like like completely motionless in the road. I'm like they killed a kid for real. That's Donnie Yen's <laughs> fault. That is. That isn't Donnie Yen's fault. The guy's a psychopath. He would have grabbed any kid. Donnie Yen would have kicked that car out of the way. He would have kicked that kid out of the way. Hmm. <laughs> kick that kid. The kid flies through so the window, and he say she safely lands yeah. in the car seat. Um, but yeah, Necrotronic, I, I recommend anyone who listens to this to give it a go. It's, it is a tenner, or you can rent it for three quid, and it's so worth it. I think that it's, it's, the people that listen to this are probably into the same sort of films we are. And I genuinely think that it is, it is a gem that people will discover later on. And if everyone listens to this, watches it, then that'll be, what, an extra one view? Seven. Seven is optimistic. Seven. <laughs> if seven people that listen to us have three pounds, I'll be surprised. Mm. <laughs> All right, and your review. And three pounds between them. Three pounds. They can band in together and have yeah. a movie night. Yeah. How much to rent out the Prince Charles? A bit <laughs> more than to rent the movie. <laughs> we'll just chuck it on a laptop in the foyer. Oh, dear. They probably wouldn't mind. They'd probably let you stand there and then they'd complain that you're watching it on a laptop. You look, come here. We'll put it on one of the big screens, and they'll cancel someone's screening of freaking I don't know, Love Actually or some shit. <laughs> it's, it's a sick movie, almost, isn't it? And they're going to do their romantic movies oh, God. evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should include Revenge of the Nerds and <laughs> Flesh Gordon. Anyway, at your review, did you watch The Witcher? No, fuck off! Did I watch The Witcher? <laughs> Controls all janky and weird in those shows. Um, I watched. Chodinch, Bioman. You know what? Bio, I think that's the wrong thing. In the past, accused us of being a niche, 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 niche. Chodinch, Bioman is the 1984 Super Sentai series. It's now the earliest Super Sentai series I've watched. Yeah. Um, and I've I watched it over the last couple of months because, you know, watch Long Thing in this Discord. And we like watch a couple of episodes a week. It's like a book club with a mm-hmm. show. And we did Bioman. 
And Boyman was the show that Stan Lee um, tried to, and with a business partner whose name I've forgotten because she's not like one of those ones everyone knows. Um, they tried to bring Bioman to America in the 80s yeah. and no one was having any of it. And then years later, Saban tried to bring Bioman over as the first Power Rangers series, which would have had Mark Dacascos as the Red Ranger. And there's loads of stuff in Bioman which you can tell was like they took that and kept it when they actually did make Power Rangers. Yeah. There's a robot who's very high-pitched and squealy and panics a lot, which is straight-up alpha. Yep. It's more technology-focused, even though, like, Power Rangers was, like, dinosaurs and shit. They were te- still tech-focused. It was still technology versus magic. And this show is all about technology. The villain is the gloriously named Dr. Man. He is Dr. Man. And he's not a man. He's a robot. He's got rid of all his man-human parts and gradually turned himself into the perfect robotic being who is the smartest man in the world and he will tell you about it every single episode he'll have some genius idea which is probably not so much genius as crazy and he'll think it's going to work because he's the smartest person ever and only he could come up with an idea such as like friggin getting living brain thing with an eye on it and making it pilot a giant robot and then they beat the eye thing up because it fails them. And then one of the biomans is like really sympathetic towards it because it's really sad that this monster got beat up. And he shows that, you know, maybe they can show sympathy and love and stuff. And then the monster dies. It's a very strange show. Um, but yeah, ba- basically the backstory is some planet blew up years ago. The alien came to, the robot alien came to Earth, Peebo. Yeah. Called Peebo. Yeah. And Peebo decided that it would be on his duty to blast a bunch of people with bioparticles. Yep. Which give them powers. Yeah. That was in the past. And their ancestors, they were basically there for when evil came to the planet again, he could find the ancestors and give them the powers of Bioman so they could become Bioman. They have a big old robot that they can fight you with. Can I, can I just say quickly, this sounds mm. like, uh, it sounds like what would happen if the Avengers were just made up of Tony Stark's. Yeah, but they, they keep making their own villains and all this other stuff and doing bad shit. Villains are good in this. All right, the villains got a team of robot buddies. One of them is played by a Japanese martial artist who I can't remember the name of, but she's in a whole bunch of freaking classic, like nineties martial art films where she's like kicking ass with Cynthia Rothrock and stuff like that. Ah, Cynthia Rothrock. Yeah, but um, the yeah. best. I think she had one film with Michelle Yeoh as well. Oh, cool. But um, she's one of those ones where like, you watch the fight sequences and you can see she's actually getting punched in the face during the mm. fight sequence. And this is when everyone was busy being acrobatic. That's why I love Donnie Yen. But, um, Donnie yeah. Yen comes up to you, says, I'll pay you $800, let me just knock you out of this scene. Yeah. You say yes. Yes, but, um, sir. This series is also like one thing that it sort of gets, gets kind of known for with Super Sentai fans. Mm-hmm. Um, is that 10 episodes into the show, well, probably more precisely eight the Yellow Ranger just stopped turning up for the job. She just vanished, and no one knows where she went. <laughs> Apparently, she went off and got married. No one really kept in contact with her. They couldn't. They need to replace her, so they kill her character off ten episodes in. Okay. So there's like there's two episodes where you can tell her voice has been dubbed over, and then there's like an episode where you never see her on camera once. Jesus, um, she's just in the yellow costume, and the villains have a gun that destroys bioparticles, which they don't use again for the rest of the series, even though it's worked very well. In this episode, and they just shoot her like a lot. Yeah. Like it, she gets shot at the start of the episode, and she gets separated from the team, and she's dying. And then she comes to rescue, and she takes all the shots for them so they can mount a counter attack. And then she dies, and they bury her in a costume because obviously the actress wasn't there. And then one yeah. episode later, it's like let's go find a replacement. 
<laughs> and they get a young girl who can do archery. Oh, um, nice, nice. Yeah. And she shoots people then. Yeah. Um, yeah, she does shoot quite a few people with, uh, with uh, arrows. But yeah, it's it's a really fun series. I like very, very, very 80s. Like, yeah. very see. Um, bit different to normal Super Sentai. There's no Monster of the Week thing going <gasps> on. Um, the villains have like, he's got four generals. Yeah. And they have their own four robot monster buddies. Yeah. Each one's got its own special power. And they're like, that's it. Like the mm. monster buddies each week, you know, they'll they'll have some scheme. The general and his personal monster buddy will go off and try and do something. And the closer they get to being destroyers, they get smacked with some power and it launches them into space. And then, like, that that same move doesn't destroy them until the last couple of episodes, because that's when they, they have to get destroyed. They do get blown up earlier in the series, and they yeah. come back and get upgraded, which is probably just to hide the costumes falling apart, because they needed new ones. Um, everyone gets upgraded. It's all about technology. It's all technology versus technology in this one. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, some nice backstory stuff. You find out Dr. Man was a human who found a way to increase his brain capacity and he decided the best thing to do was to turn himself into a robot, and it aged him super fast. Um, but I like it. There's like there's loads of moments where the monster, the giant robot fights are actually shot in location, and they've done like put little tiny trees in front of the camera, yeah, to do a like forced perspective trick. Oh, okay, yeah, nice <laughs> classic. Um, they actually used that trick on Power Rangers quite often when they had to film American fight sequences because they didn't have a big set, so they'd go out to the desert and put little trees down or something and film their own action yeah. sequence with the mechas. They also shoot the trees in slow motion and then composite them on sometimes. Well, they, they shoot, well, usually with the giant monster fights, you shoot them in slow motion anyway. Or you crank the camera up and then slow down. Oh, okay, yeah, to yeah. do the... the Overcrank yeah. and shit like that. So, yeah. But, cool um, little technical tricks to, to yeah. hide this. I remember the original Godzilla. The um, Well, they filmed that at slow motion. Yeah. Like, the original Godzilla, he was walking at normal speed and they just... They just yeah, they'd they play it back in. slower. Play back in high, high. It's a high speed, isn't it? No, they film it in high speed and play yeah. it back at slow. Like they play, they film it like sixty and play it back at first. God, I want that fucking Criterion collection. Yeah, it's bloody expensive. Buy it I for know. me. I might buy. It. I think they come into iTunes and app. Uh, I and want Amazon. the box set. I don't want the. I want movie. the box set as well. I just want the movies. Yeah, though. The, um, the best thing in the series is the way the Green Ranger's costume gradually turns more green because clearly the dye was running in the wash, <laughs> and they only had one costume. There's moments where you can see them using stock footage that they filmed from the first episode, them doing their poses and whatnot. Yeah. And the costume's nice and white and green. And then it goes back to the action and it's like green and sort of a really shitty colour green. <laughs> um, that's probably my favourite part of the costume. Um, also, I quite like the helmets have little blinky lights and not like high tech, flashy animated lights. It's like, you know, that like they've been drawn on. It's like they actually have a whole bunch of little light cube things inside their helmet. You know, like those old toys you'd get and you'd have like, a whole bunch of little squares that light up individually, yeah. and they're not like it's not, it's not super high tech. It's just a whole bunch of LEDs. It's just like yeah, I was yeah. yeah they got LEDs. patterns like that in their head, and they glow and move around and stuff. Oh, cool! Which makes me worry about how much weight those helmets were in got. 1984. Because yeah, yeah, there would have been a battery pack attached to them and stuff. And no, the right. battery pack would have been lower down, so you would have shot like from the waist up. It was always like a close up, and you get yeah. So you'd have like almost like you know how they Special do mics, electric you've helmets, got a mic, yeah. and then you've got the mic pack goes at the back of your trousers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like that. It's a fun old series. One of the robots, the big well, there's only one robot in it, the um, Bio Robo. He's got his own theme tune, which is quite nice. Um, his toy got released outside Japan as part of the Soul of Chogokin toy line, which hmm. was a whole bunch of Super Sentai and. Japanese robot toys that released like die-cast metal robots it didn't do very well outside Japan because yeah. they were like 60-odd dollars for a robot toy, while Transformers was like, you know, $10. $15, $20 at the most. Um, but yeah, really cool. 
stuff. I like the series. It's it's pretty goofy. It's a bit more serious in some places. Like the tone in general is a bit more serious because mm. we're only a few years out from when Super Sentai was a spy series. Um, but you can see the early stages of not just what formed Super Sentai later, like the increase in learning new powers. There's a there's a guy who's potentially a sixth ranger. This is long before Sixth Rangers were a thing. Yeah. Um, the only Sixth Ranger, I think, after this, before Power Rangers, the Zoo Ranger had the Green Ranger, yeah. was a movie exclusive one. And they tease it in this one. The guy gets a he gets kidnapped by the villains and given powers. And he's got all the hallmarks of a Sixth Ranger. He starts off as a bit of a goofy, wild character. He's evil for a little bit. And then they beat him up and they save him. And then he's like, you know what? Don't want to do this. <laughs> Look, right, give me my Shin Kamen Rider anytime. But, um, no. I just enjoy it. Just enjoy the Bioman. I don't know if I'll watch another old one anytime soon, but um, I do want to watch Jetman, which was a series that came before Zoo Ranger, Power Rangers, but it's been fun. I like it. I like the big robot. It's two jets that combine together. Yeah. Like that. I think it's the first combining robot, actually. Thinking about it. Yeah, it might be. Um, Yeah, good stuff. I like the robot costumes. I like the Peebo. Well, Peebo is a bit annoying. Um, Freaks out a lot, but that's alpha for you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nice. It's it's got the early stages of what became Power Rangers, man. Yeah, this you can see that inherent in it, can't you? Just growing mm, yeah. on the surface slowly. Yeah, surely. Yeah. The previous series had a character in it called um, Hedoran. Yeah. Who the actress was Machiko Soga, who went on to play Rita Repulsa. Yay! See, For a little while, oh, but she died. So no, she, well, she died in two thousand five. Yeah. R.I.P. Machiko Soga. Okay, so, my review now, I guess. I've got to give it a score. Oh, yeah, what's your score? I don't give scores. Your review. Is it a 5 Ranger, a 6 Ranger, or a 4, four Ranger? 5 Ranger was the first series. That was okay, a cool. Ranger. All right, well, it's a 5 Ranger, then. All right, so, um, I saw a movie. Did you? I saw a movie Impossible film. I saw a movie film in cinemas. Don't believe it for a second. I saw Jojo Rabage. Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. Did I review this last night? I didn't know. Alright, I saw Jojo Rabbit. It's a comedy film from Taiko Watatata. Stop disrespecting him. Taiko Um Alright, so I saw Jojo Rabbit and I've got a lot of thoughts on it. So I'm going to try and condense those thoughts into a 40-minute rant at Germans and Nazis. 40 minutes? No. Um, all right, so Jojo Rabbit, if you don't know, is the story of a young man who is quite enamoured with Hitler youth life, and he believes the propaganda of the time, that the Germans are fighting the fighting the Allies for, for good and just reasons, and the Jews are killed for, you know, because they're monsters and so on and so forth. And um, and he's a young boy indoctrinated in that life, and he is he's very much... He is very much a fan of Hitler and the idea of Hitler and the, and the figure of Hitler. So much so that he has an imaginary friend that is Hitler, played obviously by Taika Waititi. If you haven't seen the trailers, that's, that's quite evident. Spoilers. Um, spoilers, sorry. Um, young Jojo is part of a Hitler Youth-style camp for children that are too young to really be part of Hitler I mean, Youth. Probably like, straight-up Hitler Youth. Yeah, it probably is straight-up Hitler Youth. Um, yeah. There, you were introduced to Rebel Wilson, who plays like a a, um, a woman who who declares that she's done her part for the war by having tons of kids, and she's she's she again she's like an older version of Jojo almost. She believes this this um, this rampant misinformation 
even though it makes no sense for for Juice to smell like Brussels sprouts and so on and the other stupid shit that's in the film, she she very much believes it and she is she's for the cause. She's like, my boys go off to fight for the war because they believe in the cause. And Jojo Jojo loves when does she start having kids. Uh, early for on. the war, early on, early on, early on. She's meant to be like fifty, I think, in this. Is um, Sam Rockwell's in it as well, and Alfie Allen. So Alfie Allen plays the second in command to Sam Rockwell. It seems they're in war together, but Sam Rockwell, after an explosion took one of his eyes, has been told he's no longer fit to serve. So he's oh, now really training just... kids in the Hitler Youth camp. And in one great scene, um, in one great scene, he he says, "Ah, can the man with two eyes do this?" And he pulls out his gun and he starts doing like trick shots and stuff. Hmm. And it's a very brief montage of him just in these outrageous poses, shooting stuff in the distance using a rifle and stuff. Hmm. And um, and I mean, yeah, and that's and that really that gives you an idea of what it is. Jojo has an accident with a grenade during a training exercise. This is the first ten minutes, twenty minutes, fifteen minutes. Spoilers. He has an accident and it causes him to get the scarring that you see in the trailer. And it means yeah. he has a limp and he's mocked by the other people and he's called Jojo Rabbit. And he says, I will be the rabbit. I will live the, as the rabbit. They are sneaky. They are fast. They are clever. They survive. I will mm. be a rabbit. And that's when the grenade accident happens. He's overzealous. Hitler encourages him. His imaginary Hitler encourages him to go and run this grenade and then explosion. And then he's injured. His mother, played by Scarlett Johansson, then cares for him and then returns him to the team. Sam Rockwell and Rebel Wilson, who have both been demoted and now must work for a propaganda office that give out posts, well, put up posters and give out conscription letters. Why are you telling the whole plot? That's it. That's literally, no, that's that's the first 20 minutes. Yeah, well, they And then from there we see Jojo in the war and how the war affects him and how the war affects the world. How he feels about a boy whose imaginary friend is Hitler. No, because that that isn't the plot. That isn't how it goes and that doesn't really set it up for people. Because if you haven't, that's kind of the thing about this film. It's been controversial for good reason because it deals with Nazis and Hitler and stuff. And it takes a very, very po-faced... Well, not po-faced. It takes a very, very f- silly, silly image of them and it, and it makes them look silly and makes them seem like silly people, even though they did monstrous things and people are saying that this softens the idea of Nazis because they're silly. No, you're meant to take fun, make fun but of them. It, it does make fun you of them. have the great dictator. I, yeah, but the great dictator is Charlie different. Charlie Chaplin. The great dictator was very much different because the great dictator made it clear that he was spouting nonsense. He was mm. He was... This figure that was to be mocked, but Hitler isn't in there. He isn't really Hitler. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of that comes from the fact that I believe the film is presented in the eyes of a 10 year old rather than being. Yeah. So you're meant to see it from Jojo's perspective, which makes it easier to understand. Cause when Rebel Wilson is saying the things like, Oh, Jews have these giant claws and they'll maul you. It's easier to think, Oh, he's actually hearing things about people being hidden in cupboards and hidden in lofts and. His mind is turning that into beware, they're like monsters because it's a mm. ten year old. He doesn't yeah. focus on the boring shit. The boring shit becomes interesting. Um so, uh yeah, so like I said, it's been quite a controversial film. Some people have loved it, some people have hated it, and some people have just been Meh. um but the people that love it really love it. The people that hate it hate it and are confused by their hate for it because they respect the director so much. I mean, you've seen Hunt for the Wilder people? No, I can't no. be asked. Have you seen Four Ragnarok and you've seen what we do in the shadows? Heard of it. You've seen those films. So um, Taika Waititi is a director that often has... Oh, that's the guy who's in Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's he's a director in his films where he takes a subject matter and he, he has this, like... Um, it's almost like a fairy tale, a lot of the stuff he's, mm. he tells. 
Um, we're hunter the, hunt for the world of people. Although, at one point, the boy is saying, I'm going to tell people you molested me, so I get away with running away into the woods. He's like, you tell them that, and I'll tell them you're a liar. And he goes, who are they going to believe? A little boy or an old man who can't read? And Sam, Sam Neill is obviously the old man. He's just like, <laughs> he's just like, you're a rope prick. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, um, but no, really good relationships. And he captures stuff that feels, you know, um, you've got moments in Four Ragnarok that bring more emotion from the Four and Loki relationship mm. than I, any other film in that series. There's a reason that people love that film but don't really care about the other two. Um, so with this, well, you've people got... people don't care about For the Dark World. <laughs> I don't mind it. And I know you hate the fact that I don't mind it. Um, but yeah, so Jojo Rabbit, and, and you've got this great cast in this film and, and obviously the subject matter is difficult. And what I didn't expect going to this, because the adverts, you've got the poppy music that's sung by German mm-hmm. people and you've got, you know, it's a little boy and he doesn't really understand what he's, you know, celebrating and a part of. And that's mm-hmm. what's funny. You've got Stephen Munchie, he goes, Hell Hitler with a very effeminate voice. And But there's a lot more going on there. Sam Rockwell's character isn't just isn't just a Nazi that's disenfranchised with the service that he gave because he's been injured and now he's returned and he can't fight anymore and all he wants to do is fight and die. That's kind of all he wants because Mm. in Hitler's Germany, he wouldn't fit. There are other things to his personality that means he wouldn't fit. And so that's kind of one of the things. Um, Rebel Wilson is so much for the cause that at one point in the film, you see her go, children, remember, remember, go and hug the Americans. And she's pulling grenades and sticking them to their T-shirts so that when they run and hug the Americans, they explode. She's mentioned, essentially making suicide bombers. Nice. Um, there's a particular scene involving a digital butterfly that people hate. Um, I didn't expect it to happen. This film does go places that are darker. Mm. Um, one of the catalysts for Jojo sort of awakening after the accident are, is that he realises his mum is harbouring a young Jewish girl. Mm. And that causes other issues. So Jojo thinks he's charting the truth of the Jewish people. In reality, she's feeding him more lies, but she's feeding him lies to play with him, to tease him. And it, and she's still being a nice person. She's still trying to start that relationship with him as a friend. And he has romantic intentions for her. For a 10 year old, it's like a first crush thing. He's like, I yeah. think I like her. I think I'm in. And you know, he's not thinking about sex or anything like that or even kissing her. He just wants to spend time with her. And he thinks at first it's because he wants to chart that. And then later it becomes something warmer. Um, And like I said, there were events. It goes incredibly dark, Mm. especially towards the end. And and I think the film itself is a triumph as a comedy. And I think that there are a lot of issues. But Taika Waititi is a director who is obviously, he's filming it in that same way. It's almost like a fairy tale. But, you know, obviously it's a fairy tale in a horrible place where a 10-year-old shouldn't be in the first place. I thought World War II was a lot of fun. So, well, it's Germany in World War Two. That's even worse because you're in the middle of the we keep insanity. Keep making games and films about it. Must I know, have been awesome. I know. Um, but yeah, so so it's this little boy just and and one of the things that you realise watching it is this is kind of a film for our times because now there is this threat of the right wing nad- radicalisation of people and there are these kids that grow up in these worlds where they're not growing up in war. They're not growing up with that. They're growing up with access to information they think is real. And it's the same thing. They're like, oh, look, he's like a rock star. And it's these old white people that are like saying shit your granddad gets Imagine told off for at Christmas. thinking like... Donald Trump's awesome. Yeah. Imagine being 17 and thinking that Ben Shapiro's a cool oh, guy. You want to grow up like Jacob Rees-Mogg. Yeah. Like, imagine if... Imagine that... kids don't read the Beano now. If they are reading the Beano, they'd look at Jacob Rees-Mogg and see Walter the Softy. Well, and they'd I mean, know to mock him and throw custard at him. It's it it's a it's spitballing. Sadly, we are now in a time where we have access to all the information in the world, but every single one of us sticks to the same four to six websites. 
and that's just uh, IGN, prob- Pornhub, yeah. YouTube. It's and literally, it's literally lol cats. It, all the problem is that our scope of imagination is is limited by our our gaze, and so when we Why have this gaze into. But yeah, so Jojo Rabbit, it's it's a good film. I enjoyed it. It's not perfect. It's not his best. But there are moments in there that are so tender and so earnest that I'm surprised that I'm surprised that he picks that platform to do it. I could easily see a very similar film being made about a completely different place, a completely different location, and being a much more successful. Let's do a set in North Korea with um, James Franco and Seth Rogen. No, no, no. I mean, I could just I can see this being more accessible if he just transposed those characters, even the same actors, almost the same plot, just into a different location. It could be it would be an Oscar winner. And I think that there is some Oscar buzz about this, but it won't win. I don't think it's going to get anywhere close to winning anything. Mm. Um, but I think that Sam Rockwell needs to start being a leading man in films again and stop being cast. He's typecast as the he's racist also, with a heart. The he's racist a... with a heart. He's a racist he's with a heart. He's been the league leading man. He has. No, he's no, been no. the lead in some films. He's a supporting Blue actor. Iguana with... Which was filmed in the UK with him and um, him and uh, John Ralphio. <laughs> that was that was a thing. Uh, Mr. Right, in which him and Anna Kendrick were leads. No one. It's saw actually that. quite a good film. Has a no has, one saw either of those films. Has Raza in it. Raza. The Rizza. Rizza. The Rizza. The Rizza. Um, yeah, I mean Jojo Rabbit. It's it, like I said. There'll be people. There are people that are mad about this because apparently. It makes it makes Nazis look like idiots, and they don't think the Nazis were idiots. But they are. But the problem is that the people that are saying we think the Nazis look like idiots, and it's not good to show them to look like idiots. One part of those people are because they think the Nazis were super geniuses and very smart and very good people, and then the other side are Jewish, <laughs> and they're like well, these were monsters. Jewish. Yeah, Taika Waititi is Jewish, but he, in being able to portray Hitler as this effeminate idiot who is essentially someone with the mind of a 10 year old and a mm. coward because he is, his suicide is it's not in the film you don't see it happen yeah. but the fact that he killed himself is played off like oh bummer I guess I really did do those things that I was thinking about doing well, I did go for a pretty dark time there anyway bye Jojo <laughs> that just <laughs> wanders out of the film like that's kind of his exit mm. and that's like yeah it's it's a really good film it's just I you I have, say it was surprising yeah, it was. Did you would you say that you didn't not see it coming? <laughs> <laughs> it's surprising for a very specific reason. I think a lot of people are pissed off that there's a digital butterfly, but I think that the digital butterfly is there's like this whole thing. Basically, Have you tried filming a butterfly. Well, no, 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 it's not that. So Jojo's having like a particular day, and he's going about his normal business, and a butterfly leads him to see something yeah. that's really fucking harrowing. And when I was watching it, I was like, oh shit! Like the kid is great. That's mm. that is. Probably the biggest thing about this is the young cast match these these actors that are mainstream actors like Steve Merchant, Sam Rockwell. Obviously, you've got you've got uh, Scarlett Johansson, famous Asian actor who who is fantastic in it. <laughs> you've got Rebel Wilson, who's a great comedic actress. Like all these people do really well in their roles, and 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 they are overshadowed in some scenes by these little boys. Like his best friend is this kid in glasses. Who is constantly like dropping, like he throws a knife at a tree at one point and stabs another kid in the leg. And it's like, oh no, oh no. And like his, the way he breaks the news of Hitler's murder, he's like, oh Jojo, did you hear about Hitler? And he's like, he's like, what happened? He goes, well, it turns out he locked himself in a bunker and killed himself. Yeah. 
And now we're being invaded by the Americans. So it's really not a good day to be a Nazi. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that, like he's so matter of fact about the whole... Like it's, he's just fantastic. It must have been heartbreaking for him. Well, it really is, because obviously he... Imagine if you're a Nazi. Yeah, it's a bit like it's a bit like a weird perverted version of Preacher, the Preacher comics, and his John Wayne. Kids in it, it's perverted. Well, no, it's it's more like a perverted version of the the friendship between um, between um, Custer, Jesse Custer, and mm. Preacher, yeah. and the John Wayne imaginary figure who like sort of lifts him up out of these horrible situations and says, "This is how to be a man." Obviously, less of the racism that the real John Wayne has, but more the racism that Hitler had. Yeah, uh, but it's it's like that's kind I mean, of who was who was history's greatest racist. Yeah, Hitler, Hitler and John or Wayne. John Wayne. Yeah, people always used to say that um, that um, what was his name? Um, who was the famous gangster singer? The um, old Blue Eyes, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. People used to say that Frank Sinatra was a racist, but if you ever look at the history of the people that Frank Sinatra worked with. And also what he did for the black community. He used to go to like black communities and just literally just be like, be like, what do we need to fix stuff? And then he would give them millions hmm. to fix shit. He put on like concert, like he was a he was the kind of person who is a bit like Buddy Holly. People don't realize how much he did for that community. Anyway, we're getting off, we're getting off topic. Get off topic. We're talking about Jojo Rabbit. It's a good film. It's a great film. It's got great moments. It's not perfect, but Taika Waititi wasn't going to hit them all. You know, no one but makes kids. <laughs> no one makes perfect movies continuously, and he's been damn close for most of his career. So here we go. This is the miss. Um, I would say a better version of this is Boy Watch Boy. If you want to watch something that stars great kid actors who are sort of like developing in time, that's difficult for them. And at the same time, they're dealing with figures that aren't perfect. And boy. I mean, fucking Hitler is the furthest from perfect you can get. But boy, it's his dad, and his dad's kind of a grifter and a bit of a thief and just a bit useless. So you know, they could be a great double bill if you were watch if you watch Boy and then Jojo Rabbit, and it's a great progression of a filmmaker as well. But um, but yeah, this isn't perfect, but it's definitely good. It's a Jeff Daniels. Just let's forget about Dumb and Dumber Two, basically. Let's just let's just blight the crap shit out of there, and let's just the rest of his rest of his career is pretty fantastic. So let's just keep it at that. Why are you talking about Jeff Daniels? I'm saying it's scored at Jeff Daniels. Oh, I'm saying that Jeff Daniels is a very consistent filmmaker. There are some issues there, like Dumb and Dumber Two, but for the most part, he is hitting a great score. So I'd say it's good. It's not perfect, but no film was ever perfect. Taika Waititi has almost hit perfection. I would say What We Do in the Shadows is one of my favorite films of the last ten years. I can watch that film a lot, and it doesn't mm. grain on me. What about Green great. Lantern. Green Lantern's pretty good. Yeah, he's in Green Lantern. Yes, yeah. I like the fact that the um, have you seen the marketing for Free Guy? Yeah, where they have the um, advert. And they're like, I've always wanted to work with Tiger, and, and Tiger's like, oh, same with Ryan. Always wanted to work with Ryan. Hmm. And, and they're like, wait, when are you two in Green Lantern together? It's like, oh no, I, 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 I never saw that movie. What was that movie? And then Ryan's, Ryan's like, yeah, I think you're uh, Green Hornet. That was Seth Rogen, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um. <coughs> Jojo Rabbit, yeah. At a time when Nazis are coming back, why not make them look silly? Because they're pretty dangerous again. <laughs> dangerous scumbag cunts. Should gas them. So, that's it. Your review, Ant. Just slurp straight into the Your review, Ant. You're going to slurp Your straight into the microphone. <clears throat> I don't know what to do. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. Do you know what I watched? What'd you watch? Hellboy. The Irishman. 
Oh, Hellboy 2004 starring Ron Perlman. No, Hellboy The film directed by Guillermo del Toro. No. The fantastic story no. of a hell... John Hurt's in that, right? No. Rasputin. No, it's oh. 2019, Hellboy. Oh. It's just watchable. It is, isn't it? I've seen it's, it. I've, it's watched, a, I've watched it again since I saw it. Sort of. It's a... I was going to try and compare it to a Blade film, but Blade 1 and 2 are both better than... Oh, Blade 1 and 2 are And really it's better good. than Blade Trinity. Uh, it's better than Blade Trinity by quite uh, some bit. It is. Is it though? Blade Trinity's fucking awful. Yeah, but they is CGI it Wesley Snipes' eyes to open in one scene. Yeah, I know. That's it, probably one of my favourite stories of all time. No, Hell, Hellboy. Um, things I appreciate about this film. There's no origin stuff really. There's just like a little flashback moment, but it doesn't. It doesn't act like an origin of Hellboy. It doesn't try to introduce him to you as a new character or anything like that. It is straight away. Right from the start, Hellboy's there. Getting can on I can I contest that very quickly? There's a flashback sequence, but it's That's like a good like five ten minutes, right? Yeah, but it's like forty minutes into the film. Yeah, but and it stars Thomas Hayden Church as a World War Two superhero. So I was yeah that that yeah. I liked. I was annoyed. but it's not like this film isn't like here's Hellboy. Here's who the character is. We were introducing you to Hellboy. He's a bit of a snarky guy, isn't he? Crazy and wild, and there's no human characters going. Whoa, Hellboy! What the hell's that? That's crazy. I can't believe there's a demon person walking around the place. Like, you know, the first film when they had that random insert character that yeah, they chucked yeah, yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, which is it's a fight. I love the first film. Second I love the first better. film. The second film is much better. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so this one just gets on with it. Um, and there's the thing that main, main thing that problem with this film, like, pacing's all over the place. It feels like the story, you know what the main goal is? is there's a witch that's being reassembled. She was cut apart years ago to keep her from ever competing magical shit again. And you know that there's like, that's the thing that they're trying to stop, is stop her coming back together, you know, regaining all her powers so she can like, you know, bring demons forth from hell. But then the film sort of just meanders around a bit. Even though stuff's happening, it feels like it's losing track of where it's going. Like they send him off to those um, Templar Knight type people who are hunting giants yep and that feels like a whole sequence and it goes on for quite a while yeah it feels like it could be its own film yeah but it's like oh he's been betrayed by them and then that sort of then he just comes home and he goes his dad's there Ian McShane plays the John Hurt character in this mm. one and he's just like why did you send me to them oh get over it you little whiny bastard yeah um, I like all the swearing swearing's good I like swearing in films I like swearing, swearing in films as well um, the vi- I remember some people saying it felt like the violence was added on just to get an R rating but there's there's way too much stuff that's like, like it, this isn't just digital blood being thrown around, or they've done a quick digital effect or something to make it more gory. It is. It's like way violence, too yeah. intrinsically tied into the film. This film was 100 percent from the start an R-rated film. They were playing. Yeah, that. I mean, like, <coughs> um, but it there's loads of cool stuff. Like I saw some people saying, "Oh, it's trying to do a Guillermo del Toro look," but this looks more like the comic book to me. Like the monsters aren't beautiful, grotesque. They're just grotesque. Like, in the comic book, they are, everyone's drawn, all the monsters are drawn rough, and, like, apart from the monkey with the machine gun, the monkey with the machine gun's quite cool, but um, everyone's drawn, like, rough edges, and they're all grizzled, and they're all broken, and all this sort of stuff, and that's a bit more of what they go with in this. The mm. monsters are all just messy, horrible-looking things. They don't look like they come from a Guillermo del Toro film to me. Maybe to people who don't know their Guillermo del Toro, like I do. Like, because Guillermo Toy stuff's always like, you could take a screenshot of it and it'd be creepy, but it's like beautiful at the same time. Oh, yeah, look at Cronus. A film yeah. that I still say. Oh, the kid with the blood coming out of his neck. Is that the one with the kid with the blood coming out of his neck? 
No, you don't. Oh wait, yeah, it is. Credits yeah. is the one where he sees the veins and the kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The the whole design, like I oh, watched, little scar was it a beetle? Yeah, thing? it's a beetle. It's yeah. basically just a gold case with a beetle yeah. inside of it. You twist a thing and it pokes the beetle, yeah. which causes the beetle to poke whoever has it. But it locks onto. I I saw Kronos before the Devil's Backbone. Hmm. Bef- before I think he produced the Orphanage, but it feels a lot like the his Orphanage film. is like 2014. Yeah, and it it's feels probably. a lot like his film, but it's produced by him. It's not. I him. think he just chucked his name on it for the worldwide oh, really? release. But like yeah. Hellboy, Hellboy Two, you know, Blade Two, all the films that he did. Plus have- a mimic first. Oh yeah, mimic as well. <laughs> forget sure, he yeah. did mimic. I always forget he did mimic, but mimic as well. Mimic Blade is the- Two. Mi- yeah, I said Blade Two. Mimic is the first film where I was like. Oh wow, this is a like gloopy monsters because Kronos like he loses his skin, but it's just more skin underneath and like those lines, isn't it? Like mm. an insect. Um, but like, yeah, I I I really like the aesthetic this, of his films. But you're right, it's like it's a still like whenever I think Kronos, I think him in that shed, the shafts of light coming through delicately between the slats. Mm. He's covered by a blanket, and you can see his like withered. Tour is like it's not just the designs of his creatures; it's the way he shoots everything. Like just look at Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim Two. Well, yeah, he he <sighs> he makes most storybooks that are alive. Yeah, but like, um, this Hellboy, like I like the designs of some of the creatures. It, they look grim. They I look don't weird. mind Hellboy's design. Like my friggin' yeah, Hellboy's design is quite solid. Although the the hand, yeah. like it really literally looks like he's just holding on to a bunch of yeah, like yeah. tubes. Like the the hat, the right arm of Doom in. Um, Del Toro's one looked like yeah. a thing that was actually part of it. It looked heavy, and like whenever yeah. he was using it, he didn't use it for yeah. delicate tasks. I don't think there was a gap around the edge as well. There's a visible gap around the edge of the arm. Oh, really? In this film, I didn't know a bunch that. of times. Um, and Miliovich being sliced into pieces—that's a new fetish I'm gonna uh, be into. Yeah, no, <laughs> like that. When she's sitting there watching TV. Yeah, she's just like waiting right. for the other parts um, to be But yeah, it's it's a fun film. I like the demon bit at the end. Everything's going crazy in there. Yeah, that was terrible. Pretty... It's pretty apocalyptic, and I like yeah. demon apocalypses. You know, Urutsuk Doji. There's a fun demon apocalypse if you ever want to watch that? one. Urutsuk Doji, Legends of the Overthing. Um, I like full blown demon apocalypse. More yeah, films yeah. need that. None of this. Know. None of this. This one demon on a roof somewhere and shit. Yeah. No, just tear the entire that's town to pieces. What I mean, like talking about Necrotronic. That's big Mo's in it. it. Nick, yeah, she is very <laughs> brief. She has a cameo. Yeah, with um, a shotgun. I, I, I'm of the mind that this film could have been saved. Like that's my problem. Mm. Is it could have been, could have been considered a good film. Firstly, tie up that first act. Give the finale a bit more of a. Yeah. Because there's all this grand stuff going outside, but not. But they have this really even, small finale. Even the past shit, remove the past shit and just have him watching a Lobster Johnson like style Indiana Jones film on TV. Yeah. Where Thomas Hayden Church is playing Lobster Johnson. And at the end, when he sees the ghost of Lobster Johnson and says, I just take the image of who you thought I was. And it's like, mm. oh, so Thomas Hayden Church is now Lobster Johnson. That's I fine. Like, I've um, got no problem with that. The way they did Baba Yaga, I liked seeing that because they, that's like actually Yaga really bothered me part. on the first two was that Baba Yaga wasn't in them. And yeah. Baba Yaga's a major part of friggin' well, the comics. Well, she's in the frog one. She's, the, she's, in, she's, she's basically the puppet master behind the shadows yeah. in the comics. Um, she is for like the first two arcs. The person who played like, her was the guy who was in, um, the last season of Flash played that doll person, yeah. the one who was all contortionist and stuff. Yeah. The moment they started moving, oh, I know exactly who that is. And I looked <laughs> up on IMDb and said, yeah, I recognise those weird oh, contortions. the moment they started Frenching, that's when I was like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> and he's just like, oh. yeah. I like, see, I like... I like he just drops out the ceiling, just like... Yeah, I like the, the Baba Yaga stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, there are there are easy ways of saving this. Mm. Why did... Why did... Um, why did... Uh, oh, God, what's the name of the actor? The guy who plays the Panther guy? Played Damo or Damo. Yeah, Damo. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't need to be doing a fucking English accent. 
He's not English. It was terrible. Is he English in the in the comics? I can't no, remember. I don't think so. I think I the BPRD remember. is an American indi- like in- it's institute. a worldwide thing. There's people yeah. all over places like freaking. But yeah, but even anything. so, like, why would someone be in Colombia who's English? What war have we fought in Colombia? They're not in Colombia. They're in, they're in England. No, no, when he gets bitten by the puma. The oh right, no, whatever. he's just doing stuff, isn't he? Whatever. But yeah, so like, <laughs> and also the girl, her English accent was atrocious. Just her English actress. She's, she's, she's not, British, isn't she? She's American. Oh, I'm sure she's in a different. No, she was an American Who. Honey. She. Yeah, she was an American Honey. She's a really good actress in that. Just as soon as you get her to put on an English accent, it sounds fucking awful. Um, just being a racist against David um, Harbour was excellent yeah. Ian McShane I'm always happy to see he just plays Ian McShane yeah I liked the snotty monsters the, the snotty thing. ghosts I like that snotty that's, ghosts yeah where she coughs up the ectoplasm and they come out it's and they're like, like, like it's like, like internal organs turning yeah, into yeah. ghosts yeah <laughs> um, um, and no, I no. liked I liked the ending where it was all gold goopy and crazy could have done without the you're fucking crazy line I think that they're just maybe if Guillermo del Toro had a chance that's, to that's look at the the one thing that's missing from all these films, it's not even in this one, it wasn't even in the other ones because they were trying to keep it yeah. ready to be Um Hellboy never goes, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, crap. shit. Oh, oh shit. crap. Like, yeah. You need that. You need that all the time. It's Hellboy. His whole thing is basically just constant exasperation. I like the fact that... <laughs> Well, in fact, in the comics, like some of the times, like when he's come up against like beasts that he has to fight, like one of his main things is just, I'll just punch him with a big rock hand, yeah. and then if that doesn't work, hopefully I make a big enough hole that I can turn him inside out. Because yeah. there are like literally in the in the Plague of Frogs book, he does like he he like gets his arm like caught in one of their tongues, the stone hand. They drag it in, and then he just drags it back out with their internal organs. Yeah. And then no one does anything like that in this. I wish they'd introduced the homunculus as he well. Kicks the shit out of that um, lift. Button. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So what does the right hand do? <laughs> Smashes things real good. There's plenty um, of like, you know, stuff in there. The fight with the um the giants. I think they should have kept that as one whole take. There was like a couple of cuts in it, but it had this real flow to it where it felt like this enduring like battle. Moving around, and then it just starts cutting every now and again. Like he kept just, it kept a shot for like two minutes, and it was feeling like this thing where it's like he's getting his ass kicked and there's no escape from it. The wild hunt. The Wild Hunt was such a waste of time. I think time. they just wanted to do it in the film, didn't they? Yeah, just get rid of it. Just have... definitely, like, I don't feel like it wasn't... I think it feel like it was made by fans. I don't feel like it wasn't made by someone who didn't love the comics. Yeah, Neil Marshall it. clearly wanted to make this movie. Yeah. Just, I think that all his freedoms were it Maybe he had that feeling that maybe if he wasn't going to get a sequel, he might as well get as much stuff in there as he could in the first one. Maybe, maybe that yeah. was it. Because if... The, I mean, the end teases a sequel, which isn't going to happen. No. Um, but it teases Rasputin, and it teases... Which, when you get Rasputin, then you get the Nazi doctors, and you get all the yeah. friggin' crazy stuff, which hopefully include Liz, and, um, you know, there's a little well, tease Liz of Abe Sapien. never going to be in it. Abe Sapien would have been in it for the next one, and apparently... Well, Sherman, not, if you're bringing in all the psychic pyrotechnic Apparently, shit, the, the next one was going to be Rasputin, and, you know, the Doctor... Uh, Doctor Ape Body, the one with the... Oh. Hugo, whatever his name yeah, is, yeah, where yeah. he's just the head, yeah. Um, it was going to be him and then Rasputin, which I would have loved because that is a great monster that's not been used. And you could always, you don't need to spend a lot of money to do that. You could have the practical head in a jar looking at a computer screen, like watching them do shit or reading newspapers and, and just have the shot like stationary. And then when it's revealed, have him like the head pop up and be like, all oh, right, so we've, we've got to fight a robot now. It's like, not quite, Hellboy. And then the clawed hand comes around. Like, there are great ways to shoot stuff like that. And I feel like they missed a lot of their opportunities with this. I did, like, probably my favorite interaction between Hellboy and Damo, or Damio, or whatever his name was. Damo. Damo. Was at the end where he goes, it's not really that simple. It's like a chemical reaction. It's like, no, no, just get fucking... And then he punches him in the face, and he's like... Bleh. And I'm like, 
yeah, okay, that's funny. So you're also hard about that. Yeah, like, just do that. Like, But, uh, you know, the film doesn't play by its own rules, and the problem is that it, it doesn't really have a chance it's to It's just broken. uneven and bounces yeah. around the place, and... I have, I have a feeling there's like a four-hour version of this somewhere. Don't you? Where that feels like, like way too long. Yeah. Well, it's like a four-hour version that could have been free movies. I feel like when they get to the... That's the thing. When it got to the cathedral bit uh, towards the end, I was kind of like, ah, oh, here we go. It's the start of the finale, and then it's over. <laughs> so, I like... He fought the pig monster, and that's like your mid-boss. Yeah. And then he just sort of... He gets the demon horn bit. So that looks cool. Walking around with the demon horns and yeah. everything. Um, and then just, you know... Ian Slime McShane Ian McShane goes oh, Hellboy stop being a little shit you bastard <laughs> fucking, I, I mean I, I think yeah fucking crazy my biggest problem with the apocalypse bit is that it feels so separate from what Hellboy's up to yeah I wish that Hellboy saw the demons come up and he's like he's like we've got to get to the chapel it's that's like, what I mean all the big epic people. stuff was happening outside yeah and, like, maybe we could save some of these people it's like okay like that cathedral felt like the setup to the finale yeah. battle uh, you had like one get, enemy that was just. Really to do so. I mean, she find that woman from Resident Evil. She can yeah. do all sorts of crazy shit. She took down a dragon in Resident <laughs> Evil. But he's like, she it's almost like... killed a stunt man in Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, she almost killed a stunt woman. She yeah, they're not. They're not paying her back for her money, are, are they? they no, not? no, they're not paying her back. Fuck she's, me. Yeah, she's they're claiming that um, she was. You no, know, they're claiming the camera company was responsible for it. Going sorts, too yeah, far. she should get lots of money. Yeah, she should get. She all should get money. She should literally get the taking fucking film. Pulled up Sanderson should be in jail. Yeah, he should. So should friggin' John Landis and maybe Max Landis. Let's just put all these people in jail. Max Landis is a racist scumbag. Rapist. Rapist. He's a rapist? He's a rapist. Really? It wasn't the racism. It was the raping that he was... Oh, fuck. There's <laughs> rape involved as well. I thought he was just a racist and I hated him. Shit, so... man, there's multiple rapes. Jesus Christ. He's <sighs> just fucking... And I remember him telling the story about how he saw a girl coming out of her house who was all drunk one time and a complete mess like she was off her tits and he was trying to help her and she was just crazy, right? I'm like, I don't think that... That was, that was you letting a girl out of your house, mate. Yeah. Um. All right, well... Um, Hellboy, it's all right. It's a watchable film. I can watch it. Oh yeah, no. I, if I, if I, you give me this film, got a few uh, chuckles. <coughs> if you give me this film and a crate of beer, I'll get through it and I'll have a good time. Yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the kind of film that you'd rewatch. Like, it does you, remind me like, like Venom did. It reminds me of those nineties, like you know. This is so much better than Venom. Venom's hilarious. This is so much better than Venom. <laughs> you watch Venom as a freaking comedy film it is the funniest thing that yeah, came the out the problem is it takes itself Two too seriously ago. to be considered a comedy no, film at least, this, at least this you're like <laughs> you're like you can see they were trying and there are some jokes in there and to be honest like when David Harbour's given a chance to flex his acting muscles and not just say mm. I'm bored of this dad and be like a character it's quite I like the stuff that was going through there where he was like oh maybe if we stop killing these monsters they won't Stop killing us because that's the whole like you know perpetual racism war and all. Well, that's what BPRD ended up being, wasn't it? Because Mm. you've got the homunculus and you've got other creatures that they were sent to kill. Turns out they're not monsters; they're just you know creatures that misunderstood. Yeah, Yeah, because I know they've they've talked they've talked before about doing a BPRD film of its own. A TV series of BPRD would be pretty awesome, I think. Like do Agents of Shield, but it's monsters. Yeah, just do like do it animated. Every Fuck single it. one of them will be a monster that can look human, so they can save money. No, no, no. just do it animated. <laughs> just don't fucking even try the budget. Just do some animation, flash animation, make it like Venture Bros. Do it flash one. animation. No, yeah, like Venture Bros. No, on CW coming this fall. No, just animate it. <laughs> It'll be in the next crisis. I will watch it. The next it on CW DVD. crossover. I'll buy it on Blu-ray. You can have you can have Ron Perlman play Hellboy again. That yeah, you just, too just old do for just it. do the audio. No, just do the audio. It doesn't fucking matter. You can have someone with Blair come back. She's got MS, bless her. 
She's recently been diagnosed with MS, didn't she? So. Got diagnosed years ago. Did she get diagnosed years yeah, ago? Like oh, yeah, like yeah, time of Dirty faded, Shame and stuff faded, like that. She uh, faded away from Hollywood, didn't she? She found out when she was filming Dirty Shame. That's yeah. when she actually got... Um, the, really the John Waters film that's a good film she's got giant fake tits in that film yeah it's actually a really good film isn't it the woman has a head injury and starts becoming a horny monster mm. yeah Johnny Knoxville's in it um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Hellboy I mean like, yeah it reminds me of those I'd B-movie I'd watch Hellboy ten times before I watch Venom again but Venom's got that hilarious bit where Tom Hardy drops in the yeah, fish the tank yeah the one bit that anyone lost. fucking talks about or remembers <laughs> from the movie or he's, well, the, every other scene of the, the film Venom, the Venom monster kissing bit that was fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, the one bit that people say is a great scene. Oh, when they kill that one really nice um, set scientist woman off. Oh, what? Um, yeah, I like can't it. Say, say, she's a symbiote. Yeah. Sy- symbiote. Symbiote. She keeps complaining about how they've found out for symbiote. Yeah. And then they kill her, and I was like, oh, don't kill her. What, Jenny Slate? I liked Jenny her. Slate? She was yeah. funny. Well, you know, she's a woman in a superhero film. She's got to be killed or saved. And this is Captain Marvel. I like the bit when the film was really, really hilariously decided to have two giant black oil creatures fighting each other at night. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching so that sequence and I can't see anything that's happening. It's so here. bad. It's Hellboy, at least I can see stuff and there's some scenes in the day. In fact, the whole climax goes, takes place in the... In yeah, the yeah, yeah. I liked... I uh, I didn't think it needed to be in there, but I kind of liked the shoot, the way the, the beginning looked, the intro in black and white. I kind of like the way the black and white stuff looks when it's like head yeah. CGI and stuff done, and it's actually color color coded to be done. Oh yeah, yeah, the one. whole bit with the witch, yeah. and, which reminded for some reason it reminded me of the fountain. The it reminded of, me of the mist. It remind, no, I was thinking about you know the fountain with the tree bit and yeah, everyone yeah, goes yeah, up. Yeah, 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 it reminded me of that whole magical bit. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think it's just because there's a tree there. The fountain is one of the most beautiful films of the last twenty years. Yeah, it's slow vast. So no, it's, it's, right. it's, it's there are some good movies in there somewhere. The one <laughs> it's in the like future, films in there. The one in the future don't need that. The one in the past looks no, incredible. The one in the future is probably my favorite. Oh part. no, 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 no! Like my favorite one's yeah, probably. But you don't watch your French expressionist films. No, my favorite part <laughs> is the beginning. Is the French explorers going through the and seeing? The no, stuff. I like all the the water bubble. That whole thing was done practical. Yeah, effects, the water bubble and then and the drops going down. You yeah, see space traveling, space, particles yeah, traveling. I loved all that it. stuff. That was I, awesome. I loved the look of it. It's just it, the problem was that there was. I can't believe Hugh Jackman would ever go bald. Guy's a uh, guy's going to have nice, luscious hair forever. He's a song and dance man, that Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Australia's treasure. Um, he he cast him as Mad Max. He really acted the shit. He actually not be a bad be a Mad fucking Max, amazing yeah. Mad Max. But then making Mad Max, but he's still playing Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then just like the whole film, he's just playing this as Wolverine the whole way through. Why is he In the last five minutes, he pops claws and starts, yeah. <laughs> starts icing everyone. And he's just like, what? Uh, I Yeah, see, it's been it's been a weird year for like superhero films and stuff like that. But yeah, Logan could technically be a Mad Max like prequel. <laughs> like before he dies and wakes up with amnesia and doesn't know he's got claws. Can when he dies... And, and then you see a shot of sand covering the land, and then he cuts the bit in Mad Max Fury Road where he pulls himself out of the dirt, yeah. dirt out of the dirt. <laughs> God, I rewatched Fury Road recently. It's so good. I watched it because I got the Ultra HD. That's what I've got. Yeah, fork fork A version HDR looks freaking astounding. It's that. just so good. Mm. You know, like when you talk like, again, now. you know when you think about saturation, like screens and like and color coding. Oh, the colors stuff. are ridiculous. It's so film. good though. Yeah, and like I said, there's no color leakage. It's like yeah. the red of that guy playing guitar with fire speed. Yeah. When I watched it in the cinema, I remember it being like that. And I remember on the Blu-ray, I was always like, "Still looks amazing," but it's missing a little something. Yeah. But in the cinema, you get that full range because it's yeah. light being passed through. HDR through. goes a little bit of a way to like fix that and show yeah. it to you. That's again. what it shows. Yeah, because yeah. the thing when you watch in a cinema, lights going through film, and the films that brought the full range of color on it and all this stuff. 
Well, the other thing as well is in film, if you've got like a deep black, then you've got mm. light poking through it. Instead of it being against yeah, the LEDs thing. off, instead you've actually got black and it prevents light from travelling through. So you yeah. that. Yeah. Fantastic. Fear Road's probably one of the best 4Ks to get. Actually, Watchmen, that 4K Watchmen's really nice as well. I don't mind it. I can't yeah. bother to watch the whole film again. I did. I know you did. Also, three and I remember Superman's pretty good 4K Blu-ray. 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 That's my fucking Speed Racer on Blu-ray. Yes. Well, Blu-ray, I can get you. Ah, speed racer I want 4K Blu-ray. oh right 4K no I can't get 4K um, alright so where's my Carmen Rider X Carmen Rider Wizard and Forza can I talk about ultimatum. my next review <laughs> please no but, uh, no I'm stopping the podcast alright so I've seen Parasite no have you and well, it's incredible no I already reviewed the anime and then I lent you my Blu-ray of the anime and only I love- first half yeah I don't have the second half um, I've seen the live action version as well I love the live action but that's a different film entirely don't get that mixed up with is it Boon John, uh, Boon, Bong Joon-ho? Bong Joon-ho. His new film, Parasite. What else has he directed? The the host, yeah. Snowpiercer. Yeah. And what was the other one? It's the other one starring... Um, uh, Mother. Mother? Not Dan Aronofsky film, a film called Mother years ago. Oh, did before, he? I haven't seen long that. Long before Dan Aronofsky. I haven't seen that. I didn't realise he was... He's 50. Well, yeah, he's been around for years, man. Yeah, no. I, but anyway, um, so Parasite... Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not really gonna talk about the film much because because I don't want to give away what happens. No. Um, the easiest way to explain it is that there is a poor family, and they live in an underground apartment in um, in is it Korea? Yes. Yeah. Of course, it's Korea. South South Korea, obviously. Um, yeah. They live. They live in a small part, apart, like basement apartment in South Korea, and they are very very poor. They, like, use the Wi-Fi from the local coffee shop to go on the internet. And when that eventually gets turned off and they can't connect to that anymore, one of the first things they do is, oh, quickly, go around the house with your phone up like this mm. and try and find some Wi-Fi somewhere else. And they happen to find Wi-Fi. Their, their bathroom is incredible. So they have a bath that's at regular level. But then the toilet, you go up a step onto the edge of the bath and then you climb up again and about and, and with a gap of about a metre or about a metre and a half, you've got a toilet up there. Yeah. That's functional and goes down. And at one point in the film, that's overflowing because of a flood. And there's literally shit pouring out of it. The girl goes up there to rescue her cigarettes from a hiding hole above that. Takes out a cigarette and is sitting on this toilet as it has enough force to propel her a little bit up every so often. And shoots chunks of shit out. Whilst that's happening, she gleefully smokes a cigarette that she's hidden away with some money. It's, it's you know, it, the guy has a track Gross. record. The guy has a track record of brilliance, and this is no different. Uh, but basically, you have a poor family and a rich family. The two come into contact through, um, I'm not going to say what, um, and they they find <laughs> they find that the rich family have it easier. They have a lot more, but they're not necessarily good people, or they're not necessarily people that have earned it. Hmm. Whereas the poor people, everything that they've earned, they've earned through grifts, and they don't really do a lot of work to do it. They're all unemployed, it seems, by choice. They sort of fold pizza boxes for local restaurant because the local restaurant won't get a machine to do it. And the son uses that to try and, at one point, say, you're you're looking for a new person. It's like, oh, we're not looking for a new person. The driver's coming back. It's like, the girl comes up and says, no, he's not coming back. I know him. And they all have, like, these little skills, like, Hmm. she's really good at art. But she's just not, not just good at art. She's good at Photoshop. She's good at, like... And then he's really internally good at English, but at the same time, he's also good at making plans to do things. And then the rich family, the mother has a son 
who needs a needs a teacher. But the problem is that the son has um, learning difficulties because of a traumatic incident that caused him to have a seizure earlier in his life. And that comes back to play into it late. Like the whole thing, there are just these these little nuggets of information here and there. And you find out what the case is and like there are mysteries to unravel and things to work out. And then when you finally do see the full picture, you're like, oh. And then there is an ending that, that has hope to it, despite everything that happens before then. And just the whole, there's a contrast between these two lifestyles, these two people, and it's just phenomenal. Like, I went into it after watching the trailer and not really knowing what it was about. I avoided as much as I could because people said that's the best way to experience it. When I first started watching it... Just like the film Serenity. Yeah. When I first started watching it, the family themselves are so interesting. Like the boy in the family, the first thing we see him do is interact with a friend from school who went to college and became educated and has this confidence about him that the son lacks. But they're on par in terms of intelligence. And he comes over and he brings him this presence like, oh, what is it? It's like it's a prosperity rock. And it's this weird bit of like slate that is set in like a like a wooden a wooden stand. And, oh, what is this? It's like, well, my dad collected all these rocks and this is one of the ones he's got, and it's meant to um be it's meant to help you get your fortune. It's meant to increase your wealth. And they're like, oh, okay. And the mother immediately goes to cleaning it and looking after it. And like, it comes back later, mm. but it kind of is the catalyst to them getting to a better place, sort of. They're still poor. They're mm. not doing any better. But through their schemes and through the planning and through the way that the kid works, they manage to elevate themselves and sort of, and then more and more contacts made with this rich family. It's just phenomenal. People need to see this. I think it's already, like, it's got Oscar buzz, and it's honestly, it's, honestly, it's overtaken anything else I've watched. Yeah, but it's only going to get nominated for Best Foreign Film. I know, and that's the problem. It needs to be for more. <laughs> and one of the other things is it's been fucking optional. Apparently for- Joker's going to get a clean sweep at the Oscars. Joker's a pile of shit. Yeah. I'm fucking done appeasing people. I said it was okay. I take that back. It's crap. Fuck you all, you idiots. Um... He, the director said quite astutely, as soon as you get over that one inch hurdle of subtitles at the bottom of the page, the amount of options for cinema in your life expands greatly. And the, the choices of film you make give you like so much more of a window. It doesn't have to, the to be a one inch hurdle. You could always just watch Reduce on a small screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Learn a foreign language. Kids. The thing that, the thing that upsets me the most is that there is a HBO TV series being made about the same story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Because because apparently a near perfect movie needs to be translated to English so that American audiences can enjoy it because people don't like reading subtitles. Americans. Like well, some people can't read subtitles. Bullshit. People with dyslexia? Fine, get audio description. Yeah, well, you know, some people just can't handle Dubbing. it. Just no, have a dub. Don't do dubs anymore. No one makes dubs of films anymore. Just do anything other than remake. Just get this. people returning films at H and V because they weren't sub, weren't dubbed. Really? They're like, yeah, I don't want to read subtitles. I can't read subtitles. It's too people much. Are fucking idiots. Like, Some people just can't concentrate on it. It's difficult. Yeah, but how is it difficult? You look at the whole screen. Just yeah. look at the whole reading, screen. Reading difficulties and all sorts. Yeah. Some people literally can't read. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But. Maybe they should just anyway. make all these films in English in the first place. Yeah, maybe they should do that. And also explain the just story. Just dub them. Just fucking dub along. them. Just dub them. Let's just keep them at a nice, simple level so people can't question them. But yeah, so 
So, Parasite. Film, all films should be, I need to hit man hard, and then we hit man hard. Okay, let's go hit man hard. Parasite gets a Tom Atkins. Does it? Yeah, it's, it's near perfection. It's near perfection. Mm. It's fucking incredible. I can't really... I, the problem is you can't go into details of the story without spoiling it, and I don't want to spoil it for you because I think that you're also looking forward to seeing this. I'll watch it eventually. Oh. Well. I mean, if they decide to give us a release over here. And fucking Snowpiercer, which only just got released, like, last year, was it? It came out on the 7th, mate. Well, the parasite has got distribution yeah, by Curzon Cinema. Yeah, and where what, what 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 cinema am I going to see at? London. I'm not going to go to London to watch a film. I ain't got the money for that. I've fine, got twenty. Fine, I've got actually. Fine. I've got thirteen quid left in my account. Fine. To get me through to the end of the month. Fine. Send me money, people. <laughs> yes, send him money. Send me send me million pound. But yeah, it's it was it's it's everything I wanted it to be, and I really fucking loved it. All right, and your review. Fuck you. Oh, my leg's gone dead! Yeah, but does anyone get punched in it? Yeah, people get punched. Nice. People so get stabbed. The Someone universe. gets a rock thrown at their head. Um, oh, like in Lord of the Flies? No, no, worse. Oh. Way worse. Um, well, how can be worse than when Piggy got his head smashed in? So much fucking worse, mate. His head smashed in, and then... So, like, you know, like, Snowpiercer had those scenes where it's really graphic violence, but it's in a way mm. that it's either centre frame or slight off-centre. Mm. So you'd see the image as a whole. You wouldn't see a cut, so it looks savage. I think yeah. I think the axe scene there's a part where he where Chris Evans swings, and it's from the side, so he's no yeah. the two opposing side, and he swings, and the only cut is when the lights go out. But he swings fucking hard down on someone, so you can imagine that that they would have to probably compos- composite someone in to make sure they're not getting their head staved in by a prop axe, because he just like flings it no, down. Chris Evans just murdered someone. <laughs> Chris Evans used to be a dancer. He murders people. He used to be a dancer yeah. and he does tons of his own stunts. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah. Jason Statham used to be a dancer. Yeah, no, Jason Statham is a dancer still. Mm-hmm. Dancer for money. Who's in, um... Who's in that music? A bunch, Fun, of, been a bunch of music videos. Is it Groovers in the House yeah. that he's in? He used to be a diver. Yeah. He used to be <laughs> able to fight... Lee. He used to be able to be good enough to fight Jet Li in hand-to-hand combat. In the one, yeah, yeah. Even Until when Jet, Jet Li was powered up, even when Jet Li was only two people yeah. left in the world of the millions of other people, killed all those Jet Lees. Yeah, someone was like, "Yeah, what if you killed another Jet Li and you took his power? If you killed your doppelganger, and then, and then he let the bodies hit the floor strong... by sending him to that, sending him to that dimension where he's like, what? It's not let the bodies hit the floor. Nothing wrong with me. It's last oh, resort. Nothing wrong. What? Something's got to give. It's last resort." <laughs> Yeah, no, Bodies is what plays when he, he goes, ah, I'm secretly a cop, and then starts kicking the shit out of you with slow motion. Have I still got the one on DVD? <laughs> yes, everyone has the one on DVD. You get assigned it when you move to Woking. Yeah, I love that film. What? Nothing wrong with me. Alright, your review. Right. I watched... Carmen Rider Forza. Oh, God. Is this literally all that you've watched for the last well, few weeks? Fucking a month ago since the last proper episode, wasn't it? Yeah, it's true. I finished stuff and it's the most important stuff. Like, yeah. What am I going to talk about? Carmen Rider Forze, Ecoze, Forze. Um, this is fucking fantastic. I love this series. Um, so, like, I've had this nice run of watching a bunch of Carmen Rider series in a row that are really freaking good. Yeah. Um, and this one is as good as the other two. And I don't know which one's the best. Probably Double still, because Double's fantastic. But in Forze. Some mystical shit's happening. There's some monsters 
They're like they're called zodiacs. They're based on the zodiac signs, so Sagittarius, Gemini, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and they're basically attacking school. There's a school that they attack, and there's a whole bunch of school kids, and it's basically Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Carmen Rider. Like the main Carmen Rider is space themed. They've got a secret base on the moon. Yeah, they walk through a locker, and it takes them to the moon. And the main character Gentaro, who's an exchange student, comes to school. Who only in one episode in the entire series wears the actual school uniform. He's constantly wearing his old school uniform because he keeps making excuses mm. that he doesn't have to wear it. Um, so he's always wearing a completely different uniform to everyone else so he stands out. But he's got his hair in a quiff like a teddy boy and he's like, you know, his own free spirit. He does what he wants and he makes enemies all the time. But his aim, main plan is that he just wants to make friends with everyone. So as easily as he pisses people off, his whole goal is to make friends with everyone. Okay. And he friggin' does it, damn it. Like, every single person. doesn't matter who they are, how many people they've murdered, he makes friends with them. And he does that through his ability to be a Kamen Rider at the same time, which is like, he looks like a rocket ship. He's got, like, a rocket ship-shaped head. Okay. Um, And his belt is fantastic. It's got, like, good toy. Years before fidget cubes, right? <laughs> The toy, the the belt, has four little slots on it that you can plug different switches into. Each one is a different sort of switch. There's flicks, there's dials, there's like a little Gatling gun you can spin, little cords you can pull. And the kids are always going around playing with them, like casually, in class. No one questions it. Yeah. Um, Years and years before fidget fidget cubes. This is, like, insane. Because this is, like, 2011, I think. 2011, 2012. Um, But the main goal is to stop the Zodiacs. Every two episodes, they... Give a kid this little switch. That's got some kid who's got some dark plans. Like some kid wants to burn the school to the ground or some shit like that. Wants to get revenge on someone. Gives them the switch, you know. And if they use it enough times, they permanently turn into the monster until they can be defeated. Um, and the first few episodes are all like the first few monsters he deals with are the kids who, or they're related to the kids who become the main team. And they form, like, you know, they have clubs in Japan, like yeah. in school. They form a Kamen Rider club on their moon base, which they just casually go to whenever they feel like it. Um, which is fantastic, just to have a moon base. I, I like that. It's a bit outrageous. Like, there's one of the characters really wants to go to space, but she doesn't count going to the moon because she just kind of walks through a door. Doesn't really count. It's not good enough. She wants to get in a rocket and go to space. Yeah. Um, she's adorable. Um, she's, like, super hyperactive all the time, but it's kind of like... Sometimes she'll be really goofy and sometimes she'll be like really intelligent and it feels like two different people were writing her. Okay. But that actually plays into a plot device later, which is really smart. Okay. Like a casual observer would not notice that she's being written two different ways, but you start to notice that sometimes she's really, really obsessed with space in a really cartoonish way where she'll have like a little satellite Muppet. Yeah. Um, named after a satellite, a real satellite that she's obsessed with. She Spotnik. writes songs about. Um, but then sometimes she'll be a bit more of a sort of like, yeah, let's go, go get them. She'll be the encouraging member of the team. Yeah. So it's like two. So different- she's an alien. No, no. It turns out she's um, spoilers for like episode forty-four of. <laughs> um, they one of the bad guys discovers that she's got like a split personality thing going on, okay. where there's like another half to her. Okay. And she's the Gemini Zodiac. They give her a thing and it turns, like, a double comes out. And it's really creepy because the double's got, like, a white mask face. And yeah. it's, like, evil. And he's pretend just basically doing all the things she secretly desires to do. But it's, like, it's really subtly set up throughout the series. And then um, do they kill the double? They basically, they... Because sh- as the double gets stronger, she takes the place of the original. Okay. And the original gets her face goes all... It's like a real right, dark half so, situation going on here. Yeah, dark half. Yeah. Like Stephen King. <laughs> 
Um, but they they show so much faith in their friend that she gains her confidence back, and the other half gets weak. And then just like the dark half, yeah. Um, but freaking series is great. Again, there's loads of stuff like you know, Gento, something's happened to the past in Gento. Gento knew the other girl whose name I can't freaking remember right now. Yeah. But he knew her when she was a child and then just disappeared, and you don't know why. Yeah. And then you know, there's some history there like when they start talking about when they were five and six they knew each other at school yeah um and you find out later on little stuff and it's not something that gets dragged on for ages no massive mystery it's not like what happened to his parents where did they go what happened to him it just gets to the point where like he invites them to his house like yeah my parents died in a car crash but uh i'm doing my best living with granddad now yeah it's all good anyone want to make friends let's go make friends with some people um (laughs) <laughs> just like all these nice little touching things that are in there one of the characters he wants to he was the one who thought he was going to be Forze and he's got some sort of chronic illness and yeah. they never explain what the chronic illness is until the very end turns out it's not an illness it's actually a side effect of what he actually is <gasps> he doesn't know secrets but um, it's like the whole thing doesn't become this whole thing where every episode is like let's find out what this illness is and we're going to cure you and all this it's like this thing he just deals with because it's shit he has to deal with at school and he has to get on with it and there's all these different cliques, like full-on American school style. There's the goths and there's the weirdos and the mm. hip kids. And they've got all that stuff. And everyone's got problems going on. And Gentro does his best to teach them how to be good friends. And he gets like really genuinely touching in some episodes. Mm. Freaking fantastic stuff. But Forza himself is fucking amazing as a rider. Um, the first time he gets the belt, he doesn't know what to do. He's just, I'm going to use this because the other guy's ill mm. and I'm probably the only one who's strong enough to do it and I love fighting anyway. I love punching people in the face. And he gets the belt and he goes, right, how do I activate this? And the girl's like, right, you see the four switches on the front? Yeah, like flick them one after the other, right? You have to hold your hand in front of you like this. And he's like, really? Yeah, yeah. Now wait. And he goes, three, two, one. No, pull the lever and put your hand in the air. And he goes, and he's like, Ujukita, which means it's space time. Hmm. Or actually, it means space you yay. You can do the last part. But he has to do the Ujukita every yeah. time. That's not part of the transformation. It's just what he's been told. So now he thinks oh, right. it's part of the transformation. Oh, okay. okay. So the whole series, every time he does it, he makes sure he does that. And the camera will like zoom out into miles of galaxies, miles away, and then zoom straight back down. Because yeah. apparently that's how loud he's screaming it. Um <laughs> There's one where one of the characters gets thrown off a balcony and he quickly transforms. He does it really fast and still goes, Ujikita! and reaches up and grabs her. But yeah, glorious friggin' series. Like, like obviously effects are ropey because it's a TV series. Yeah. The crossover movie, all the movies in between are loads of fun. There's like one where he's got a alien that turns up who turns into her own Kamen Rider because she mimics people and he falls in love with her and then she dies. Um, but he gets a power from it, which turns up in one episode. Must have really meant a lot to him. Um, but yeah, they're after these, they're trying to collect up these switches that'll apparently let them activate this last switch. It's going to save the day to defeat the Zodiacs or some bullshit. Um, team's really interesting. There's one character called Mew. She's like the cheerleader bitch, but she turns out she's like, they, the way when Gentaro makes friends with her and, ex- and figures out how to become friends with her, she stops being so self centered yeah. and starts caring about others, but she still kind of wants to control everything because she's rich. And she wants to be in charge of everything. Yeah. Um, her main character trait is that she doesn't know what the word oops means. And she keeps saying oops, but never as a, like, because an accident has happened. <laughs> it's usually used as an exclamation of surprise. Yeah. That's not what oops means. Oops! Um, there's a, they've got, like, a quarterback in the group as well. Yeah. This is the only school in Japan that plays American football. No, it's not. And no. They, they point it out. 
<laughs> multiple times. They're like, why are we playing American football here? No one else plays American it's football. It's like baseball. They're, they're, they they love are, baseball. They don't care yeah. about American football. No, there was like an American football league. There was, but it's like... Wasn't there... Oh, no, Japan's rugby. Japan's all about frigging baseball, man. Yeah, baseball and rugby. But they um they got like an Australian... Japanese actor to play oh, him. Okay. Um, he's, you can noticeably tell that he's like half uh, mixed race because he's got like a completely different physiology to every other Japanese yeah. person in the show. But um, he's really good. Just a whole bunch of good characters. The secondary rider they bring in, he's trying to keep a secret that he's the other rider for ages. Okay. Um, and he thinks they're all idiots and stuff, but really that's like his defense mechanism to like not allow them in personally because he thinks if he lets someone be his friend, They'll get injured like his best friend did, and he's been trying to fight to save his best friend, who was one of the ones who had a Zodi Arts thing early. Yeah, complex stuff. But they end his story like thirty odd episodes in. They give him an actual two part finale. Yeah, and they release that as a DVD, as like a movie. Does he die? No, 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 no. He still hangs around, but after that, he's like everyone knows who he is, and he's more free to be who he is, and he actually starts to enjoy it. Oh. But that stuff's conveyed through the title Does sequence. Shin Kamen Rider by any chance? No. Oh. No. It's okay, you're gooey. Don't worry no. about it, bud. No, Forze doesn't meet Shin Kamen Rider until um, one of the movie wars a few years later and he makes friends with him because um, he's just determined to make friends with all the riders. Yeah. Um, he's got very sharp claws, apparently. Who's Shin Kamen Rider? Yeah. And also a gooey face. Yeah. There's actually a um, a crossover with Forze and Shin-chan, the cartoon. Oh, God. Where Forze turns into a cr- cartoon character. <laughs> And they become friends. I hate Shin Chan so much. It's a weird little thing that they did on Shin Chan for like his anniversary series or something. I genuinely hate Shin Chan. Well, Shin Chan's lovely. No, it's not. It's a great show. It's not. You kids today. Anyway, yeah. But um, yeah, this Forza is fantastic. Yeah. It's full on comedy the whole way through. It does like do the serious, like dramatic moments and stuff. Um, and it gets proper touching as the show goes on when the characters are like hitting their worst moments and all this but it is it's a whole full on comedy and it is basically science fiction Buffy the Vampire Slayer that's pretty cool like this school it literally has a gateway above it that's apparently there that no one can see that's like where evil energy is coming through oh just like the Hellmouth I was going to say the Hellmouth yeah yeah like it is it is knowingly just Buffy like, the Vampire just like Slayer just LA and just yeah. like Sunnydale yeah but it's knowingly <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer because it's got a volcano under LA yeah. that, Tom, that Tommy Lee Jones dealt with um but yeah, I love LA. I think it would have been cool if they made the series where the main rider was a woman, just to really hammer home the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah, clear, clear power clone of it. But yeah, they're never going to do us a female main Carmen rider. It's a shame, isn't it? You're lucky if you get one in the series, like yeah. the last series didn't. Not well, until the last episode, she's in the whole series. She doesn't get be a Carmen rider until the very last episode. Not what a bunch on. of dog shit. Yeah, yeah. But Forza. Hell of a lot of fun. I like the little switch. I like the bell. I like the switch on. It goes one, two, three. Three, two, one. And I like it when they punch monsters. Well, it sounds like you enjoyed that a lot. I'm going to talk about something I enjoyed now. Not done yet. Oh, you're not. Continue then. They got a big robot. It's called Power Dizer. What's that robot do? And one of the characters jumps in it. It's like a power loader. (gasps) Do they do some earth moving? It turns into a car thing. But yeah. it also turns into a launch pad, so Forze can ride his bike onto it and launch himself into the air like a rocket. I like that. Cool. Cool. And there's a creepy boys in some episode because it's a school and it's full of creepy boys. And then Forze's like, sort your shit out, mate. I know you're having trouble, but, you know, get over it. Let's be friends. And he's got a handshake. Cool. The one like that. And then 
like that. You do like a claw. And then fist bump. Yeah. And then below and then on top. All right. It's a good handshake. Yeah, it's a great handshake. Looks Solid good. handshake. Um, it's good. Cool. I can't be able to watch the next series though yet because when, when Wizard did his little cameo in the movie, it's kind of boring. I didn't like it. Yeah. Not as funny as Forza. You can get fucked. So, update on Glenna from the beginning of the episode when right. we said that he went after non-binary people. Mm. Uh, he has now released a video oh. in which he says, it is insane that a person who identifies as non-binary is able to teach sex ed to girls whilst having a beard and wearing a dress. So, I'm assuming that he would be fine if it was a man or a woman. or I someone identified should as do a they should try and get that f- um, Father Ted musical cancelled. <laughs> Just... Go after his backers. Well, apparently, he cannot write comedy in a world where something like that can happen. Really? I think he just can't write comedy. I think that stuff's already been happening for years and years. It's just now we have words for it and names for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you go back to, what was it, the beginning of the Victorian cent- Victorian period? Like- we literally had, like, biopics about these people. Yeah. Well, no, I was just thinking that, oh, wasn't it Victorian times? You would often have prostitutes that were men that would dress in drag. And identify as women throughout the day. Hmm. And they would deal with clients as women. And then at home, the only time they'd be men is when they'd go to sleep. And even then, they would sleep in women's wear. Because they were still with clients. Or they would be, you know, they'd be paid to live in as, as, as I hospitality. Think, I think they should get fucked. I think they should all get fucked. I think all these people that say that trans people aren't people... The problem is that everyone's still trying to pigeonhole people. That's why I'm saying that everything's non-binary. If you just say that, that everything is a spectrum. If you say that everything can encompass anything... As long as you're not hurting There's other people, spectrum. <laughs> as long as you're not hurting other people, then you should be able to exist as happily as you want and not be attacked by these people. But then you've got lesbians that are saying they don't want to sleep. Yeah, trans but it really, ma- it really matters to Glenna what people have in their pants. Really? Yeah, he really he's really concerned about it. I don't know why you can't. Ah. Oh. There's no way. Why to... talk about him? Fuck him. Because I fucking hate the prick, and I I loved the IT. It's a crowd. shame we'll never know who wrote the IT crowd or yeah. who wrote Father Ted. Who wrote the first series of Black Books? You never know. I believe it was Hatsune Miku. I'm <laughs> if you, pretty sure it was. If you go back and watch those things, they're still problematic. There is some shit in there that's problematic. I like the one where Bill Bailey eats the bees. Yeah. And he's like, Bernard, I ate your bees. Sorry. Well, there's a whole episode that's all about Roy being a prick to women is apparently how women want to be treated. <laughs> and the only time that that doesn't work is if you have shit on your face. But it's not shit, it's chocolate. So that's the joke, I guess? Yeah. Is that if you get chocolate on your face, it looks like poo, and then it no longer works being a prick to women yeah, to make them sleep with you. It's very high quality comedy. Is that high quality comedy? I think that rests a lot on the performances. That I think first. we should also point out that the only show that Dave Graham Linehan wrote on his own was a bit of a failure. What was that? That last one. Which I can't one? remember the fucking name of it. It was like late night BBC Two because no one wanted to watch it. And it has like some characters, a bit of a friggin' 1980s throwback thing. That's the thing. It's like you can't friggin' remember the thing because no one friggin' cared about it. Jesus. Right. He had a whole series. It went for three series. Really? Yeah. It was one of those ones that was. It wasn't like, like Lead Balloon or something like that, was it? No. It's one of those. Um, you know, one of, those, one of those shows that just exists late at night and there's like just enough audience to keep it going. Um, hold on. Now, hold on, I'll find the name of it, because he's a cunt. Um, God, he wrote Motherlands. Count Arthur Strong. What? That's the one. So I'm pretty sure he's the only writer on that series. Um, 
because all the other ones are Steve Steve Delaney and Gray Linehan. But what the um, fuck is that? Yeah, it was, it was it was like BBC Two or BBC Four even I think ran for like three series. No one watched it. Freaking no one watched it. Freaking Black Books was good. That was half written by Dylan Moran and Bill Bailey. Isn't it weird that it's only women that are men who have transitioned to be women that he's worried about? Because he can't fathom the other one. It doesn't fit into his like worldview. He can't figure it out. Also, the science is very advanced for that to happen. Mm. I'm often thinking to myself, we live in a world now where you can create an organ that works, a sex organ that works from a place where there was no sex organ before. And that's incredible. We're in like Star Trek shit with some of this stuff. Although, speaking of Star Trek, he probably doesn't like that anymore because in some episodes, men are wearing dresses and happily just wandering around. In the first series, there's um, about three instances of seeing someone wearing a dress yeah, in the background. because apparently the uniforms were non-gender, non-gender specific. Yeah, but the studio didn't like it. Did they not? <laughs> no. Nah. Oh. It was 1987. Like, Yeah, but <laughs> first, still. First series of Next Gen. Weren't there also like people holding hands? They were like same-sex couples holding hands probably. and stuff. Yeah. Star Trek. But he probably doesn't like gay people. Are you going to review something? I am. Are you just reviewing Gray and Linehan? I fucking hate that cunt. Anyway, I'm going to review something I really like um, and isn't problematic, I hope. Might Uh, be. Jontron. Yeah. (laughs) A YouTube channel I found called Pro Jared. (laughs) Whatever happened to him? Is he back? Yeah, he's making videos again. His fans think he's great still. And that he didn't solicit nudes from underage girls. Well, no, he did, yeah. but he made sure they sent him a copy of his ID signed and dated. Mm. You get <laughs> screenshots from oh. IRC chats. So there's people that support paedophiles still. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon, do you reckon some of those people also support Gary Lennon? And they're like, they're like, chinless toss pot. <laughs> they're all cunts. The world's full of cunts and people are just like, yeah. I'm sure a famous YouTuber so I could box them. <laughs> I might just do it. Just go and turn up. <laughs> just be like, all right. You know, like James Sight and Bob at the end of No, um, no, like that guy that used to go around and throw pillows at people and yeah. be like, oh yeah, pillow fight. I do that, but I'd be like, yeah, pillow fight. There you go. I've got cinder block throw in mine. Face. No, no, I've got cinder block in mine. So oh yeah, yeah. We'll oh God, no. Um, but no, no I accidentally okay. filled mine with bricks. <laughs> I accidentally killed them. I like a hard pillow. Um, I've prevented one of the world's biggest monsters from going on to molest children. Um, so yeah, so um, we're going to talk about The Witcher. Bitcher. The Bitcher. Um, I've had a bit of a Witcher-filled month, and I didn't really get to review the other thing because we were... we were. Because you don't think it through. Because I don't think it through, no. That's true. So um, I've been playing The Witcher 3 on the Switch. No, you're talking about the TV show. The Switcher. <laughs> and in doing that, I've also been watching The Witcher, the Netflix show. Yeah. Um, they are two very different beasts. That's because... I mean, the show's the, based the on media, the books. The media, the format, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. The show is based on the books, but a lot of what happens in the books are um, sort of threaded throughout the games. Yeah. Um, Same source material, isn't yeah. it? So the way the games work is obviously you have like a narrative point. You control the you control how quickly you do missions and where you go and if you do side missions and things like that. So the amount that you witness and actually get to be part of is, you know, it's all up to the player. Mm. Whereas with the TV show, it takes a um, it takes a non-linear approach and instead has the narrative span, de- uh, not decades, but years of time, and takes those takes the individual stories from out that time and then arranges them without without uh, 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 um, uh, got non chronologically. 
Yeah, it's all over the place. It is all over the place. And it doesn't really seem to have a reason to be all over the place like that. I think one of the biggest reasons are that we don't, like, they don't want you to see Yennefer. Yeah, but they don't want to reveal mysteries too early on because the books are very, like, here's this story and there's this story and this story, but you want to have Yennefer in it, but she doesn't. I don't think she's in the book still later, is she? she... Well, no, so Yennefer's story. Her backstory gets told elsewhere. Yeah, her backstory is only mentioned, it's not actually told in the way it is in the program. Which is fine, because you could have an episode for Yennefer and then an episode for Geralt and then an episode for Ciri and do it that way. Yeah. Or you could just divide them up so half an episode's Geralt, half Yennefer, half Ciri, half Geralt, half Yennefer, half Ciri. You know, do it like that. But instead they've chosen to sort of chop and change it and hang it around the place, which, you know, is fine for some programs, but it's not really necessary for this sort of story and it does make it hard to follow. Yeah. Um, but on the bright side, everyone in this program is fantastic. Um, especially Henry Cavill. Holy shit. Superman, after Superman being a bit of a dud, not his fault, obviously, we can tell from, you know, the way that he was in Justice League was completely different from Batman versus Superman. The way he was in the last 20 minutes of Justice League. Yeah, he was Superman. Felt like Superman. For 20 minutes. Yeah. If that. He felt like Superman at the end of Justice League. And Mission Impossible uh, Fallout, he, it's not Fallout, is it? Mission Impossible, it is Fallout. Yeah, it's Fallout. Mission Impossible Fallout. Mission Impossible Fallout New Vegas. He is a Fucking the next force of nature worlds. in that. He was a force of nature in that film and great. Yeah. Um, and then you've got films like Night Hunters, which fucking terrible film, but he's still this mysterious, stoic hero. And you sort of get a sense of the other films that he's done. And it's mm. just, it's, it's, he falls into the hero role very easily. Girls. Geralt is kind of an anti hero, kind of a hero. Um, he basically witches. Yeah, he likes, he likes, he, he <coughs> knows a bit. He's a bit so, gruff. Well, witches aren't meant to have emotions. That's kind of the thing. They're like super soldiers. Imagine if mm. Captain America was born and bred just to fight wars. He didn't have any of the personality or any of the, the moral indign- indignation. Instead, he was just a weapon. That's well, kind emotion. of... It's more they're not supposed to have empathy for other people. No, they're, they're meant mo- to care. Well, no, they're not meant to have any emotion because they're not meant to have empathy. They're not meant to have political alignment. Well, they're not meant to have... stuff. Well, they're not meant to. Yeah. Like, but the thing is that the last few generations of witches aren't pure and pure witches. So mm. Geralt, Geralt, sorry, was donated to the Witcher, to the Witcher Coven as, as a young boy and was just like, well, here you go. Here's this boy. And he passed all the trials and he got a lot of his moral compass from his mum because he was raised by her early on. Mm. Um, and some of the other witches have similar stories. In the games, in the second game in particular, you encounter someone who's gravely wounded and they aren't going to survive, even with the help of a healer or a doctor. So they say you basically make the decision to turn them into a witcher. And that's someone who's lived their entire life as a human. They're suddenly this weapon with this great power and this ability to take potions and focus their abilities. Yeah. Um, and, and control ruins. And, and they've just been made into a witcher. And they ask the question, what is, what is this now? It's like, well, people will hate you for no reason. And people will ask you to do things that you may or may not be able to do, but sometimes it will be your duty for whatever reason. You can't tell them why you will have that need to do it um so a little bit of a background on the witches themselves because it can be confusing because you've got witches mages you've got witches um a witcher in the polish sense of the word like the translation is just the word is just male witch mm. that's kind of and it and it's just witcher that's the name of a male witch mm. so you've got a witch and a witcher um but with regards to how witches are created a, a female witch a witch like a male witch is sterile but with the difference being that a female witch gives her body over to the power, so she gives away her ability to have children. 
specifically to hone her body, to focus the energies of her body on doing these fantastic things like spells and such. Whereas a male witcher goes through these trials and are given these potions that uh, essentially change their body. They make them inhuman so they can do these things. They're, they're Gives them stronger, funny eyes. Stronger, uh, easier to see, able to see in the dark. They have better um, better speed, you know. Um, they're more aware of their surroundings. Anyway, it's besides the XP buffs. <laughs> XP buffs. The Witcher, the, the, the program is good. I enjoyed mm. it a lot. The, 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 you know, the issue I had with pacing was around that whole, it's not done in chronological order. That's the only problem that I had. But as soon as you sort of get used to that, mm. you can get involved in those separate stories and learn about those characters. And, and Henry Cavill is fucking big. <laughs> He's a big, handsome, sexy man. He's a big lad. He's a. Um, it's because he's a PC gamer. He is. Yeah. yeah. He plays. He plays. Warhammer. Everyone's freaking discovering that about him now. But he's been doing like, that for years. Now all PC gamers are going to think, "Oh, I'm just like Henry Cavill." Well, he originally played like The Witcher, Witcher Two. But he didn't like the first Witcher. Played through The Witcher Two, and then played through The Witcher. Just there playing with his PC. With his That's arms. why PC controllers. That's why the mouse comes with weights, buddy. He puts the sensitivity up on the mouse a lot because like <laughs> he hasn't got much lateral motion going on. <laughs> he. uh no, he's he's apparently a really nice guy. to move all buttons over on one. Part. He's a really nice guy, and apparently for the last few years, instead of going out on New Year's, he's he's gone out until like ten and gone home and played Warhammer. For they need to do a film where like um, it starts with him playing Fortnite, and then he's like going, "Oh, like that." Because what's that? Is this guy claimed to be four? It's like threatening to beat me up. Did you um, <laughs> did you hear the story about how he got the Superman role? He's back online again. He's calling me a dickhead. <laughs> He's calling me a dickhead. He, he was going. Um, didn't he audition for Superman he for did. Superman Returns? Superman Flyby. We were saying, yeah, years yeah. ago he auditioned. He was for auditioned for Superman Flyby, got the part, and then that fell through. Hmm. He auditioned again for Man of Steel, and he got the part. But at the time that the he was called to tell him he had the part, he chose to continue playing World of Warcraft, and then had to ring the director back the next day because hmm. he was in a he was in a raid. Yeah, you can't mates. stop. You can't yeah. stop. You can't pause an online game. Yeah, I mean, I played Dark Souls for years. I got to. Oh, no, was just pulled up Zack Snyder, and Zack would be like, "Yeah, understandable, mate." Yeah. Well, he's got one of his friends. Zach Unfortunately, I've cast Al Pacino as Superman now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ah, General Zod. Oh, is it? Get the Doppler effect, which is him going. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, the Witch of the series, it's, you could tell they put a lot of money into it. There's a really nice, a few really nice sword fights to it. There's a lot of weight to the Tell action. They put a lot of money into it. And seriously, Netflix has made like 700 medieval fancy film yeah. shows in the exact same area. They just bought you Bowl's town that he built yeah. for fucking. <laughs> they just bought like friggin' Denmark. Poland. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's really good. It, it's a good series. And like I said, there's a lot of weight to the sword fights. And mm. um, one nice thing is that in the game, obviously, you've got two swords all the time. And that, yeah. that's probably a bit heavy and a bit cumbersome to travel around like that all the time. And also, I don't think the witch is always expecting to fight humans or always expecting to fight just monsters, which is why it happens. Yeah. In the program, it's a lot more like you're doing the contracts mm. and the contracts are always, you take a specific job, you prepare for that job and you go out. And so in that, it's a lot but of planning. The should always be prepared for everything. Dandelion's in it, but he's obviously called something else. Burdock. I don't know what they call it. Uh, uh, Jessica or Janska, yeah. uh, but he uh, he's in it, and he has obviously that song that everyone's singing now. Toss a coin, toss a coin to the Witcher. To, to it's on Witcher. Beat Saber now. So just because anyone wants to do that, it's on a mod for everything. Yeah, no, no, no. They've actually added it to the playlist oh, as a free yeah. add-on. It's also in the game now. And not it like his um, his mentor's not in it, is he? In the show, no. apparently they cast him for the next series. Yeah. Get Bruce Campbell. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> 
if you know got someone would, completely inappropriate someone who would have been good but they probably won't do it because they're dead it probably would have been James Gandolfini seriously yeah yeah just a little bit of weight loss just a little bit toned up he would have been perfect he wouldn't lose weight He's got, he loves his bolognese too much that's true at least he did um, that was yeah, the problem he loved his bolognese too much there's a load of really good bits to it, it, it it's really it's a sum of its parts and, <laughs> and it relies heavily on that central performance he is good <laughs> um, the young girl who plays Siri is also good she's often just running Isn't there um... one of the girls died yeah she uh, they called it a, a death of mishap or whatever it is a death of whatever but she was she was yeah, like some panicking about GCSEs yeah she was panicking about GCSEs yeah. and she sadly she said some things to her dad and then she it looked like she didn't intend to take her own life but she took her own life sadly mm. um, but I think she's only she's got a small part in the show she, ha- she is in it briefly yeah. yeah she plays one of the girls that's also in like the uh, Yennefer she was in Doctor was it Doctor Who or something no she was in like a BBC programme might have been Doctor Who or like The Class or something like that I don't think it was class because no. the the cast the class were all twenty year olds playing sixteen okay. year olds. Yeah, no, it's very sad, but I mean, obviously yeah. that's that happens. Um, oh, which? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I would recommend that anyone who likes games watches it. You'll recognise a lot of the a lot of the. I started monsters. playing Witcher three and I got fed up with it. I know you really don't <laughs> like it, do you? Just the combat's low weak. Something well, about the combat is not. That's thing. I find the combat really good, but yeah. I, I think the problem is that going from. I think I played so much of The Witcher 2 mm. that going to The Witcher 3, I was like, oh, the combat's better here. Yeah, The Witcher 2's combat is like, this, but yeah. definitely better than Witcher 2's, because yeah. Witcher 2 is just that. Witcher I'll probably 2, play it a bit more and I'll probably get used to it, but. The problem yeah. is that, like, you go into a game with the same perspective of, say, something like Breath of the Wild or Dark Souls, mm. and you expect a slightly more fluid combat system, but it's just not. It's quite a rigid combat system, but it's something that once you get used to it, you can use it to clear. I think the thing that always bothers me is all the. The way you cast spells and the fact that spells don't have just names. I want I just call it ice or fire. Don't oh, give me like some Igni and Yarn. Yeah, Igni's obvious, but like Yarn. Yeah, just give me the proper names for them. And then there's the, the whole like friggin' Arden. Like to do potions, you have to do meditate and then drink no, potions no, 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 and all no. that. You, so you can create a potion. Friggin'. So you have your main potion. So you have like a tonic yeah. that gives you a boost. And then when you meditate, it refills your limits. It's kind of like in D and D where you've got like. Um, where you've got skills. It's too complicated. Okay. Just let me down it mid-fight. Right. Put the potion in the hilt of the sword, so when I'm mid-swing, I can split you the can actually, off. You can do that. So you get ruins. You get ruins that represent buffs to the to the signs you do. And some of them can add I the effect. potion from the hilt of my sword? Yeah. Um, some of them add the effects of the of the, of the the spells to the sword, so you can, know, like, Igni mm. ruins will make it so that there's a 2% chance that someone yeah, gets fire. I want to pull the bottom of the sword off and just drink it from the handle. Anyway, I'm really enjoying it on the Switch. And I'm enjoying the TV. Well, I enjoyed the TV show. I'm really surprised at how well it runs on the Switch. Everything well, the TV looks- show. Yeah. Um, no, the game. I was expecting it to be bad. I put off playing it for a while because I wanted to have it on What's the, the go. What's the frame rate on Netflix? Frame, frame rate on Netflix, 24, 24 frames per second. Full fat, 24 frames per second. Experience. Full fat, 24 frames per second. 4K, 24 uh, frames per second. Full fat, uh, 24 frames per second. Mm-hmm. Although Netflix... What's their anti-aliasing solution? Netflix gave me, a, gave me a little cheeky. It was like, do you want to play this in 60 hertz? Uh, I was like, Apple TV, get that option off of my Apple TV. So my Apple TV has 24 frames, so mm. it does 24, the 24 hertz yeah. motion. 50 or 60. And it seems to default on the Netflix app at 60. So every time I put the Netflix app on it, it wants to change it to 60. But then when I start video playing, it switches back to 24. Because in the options, I've said it's 24. Because I don't want smoothie motion shit. I want it just to play like a movie. It looks weird if you put 60 frames... Then they're going to give us 120 frames per second so we can watch Gemini Man. (gasps) 
speaking of Gemini Man, did you know that, that HP Omen, who might sponsor us if we keep saying their name, let's say at least four times, HP Omen, HP Omen, HP Omen, HP Omen, HP Omen, HP Omen. They might sponsor us. They've made a 360 frames per second screen. It's only 2,800 pounds and it's 49 inches big. It's 4K. Let's get one. Business card. Let's get some business expenses. Oh, The Witcher on the Switch is... Um, it's the same game I reviewed before, so it's a Tom Atkins. Uh, but the TV series, it's not as good as the game. I think the game's helped by the fact that you can sort of set the pace you want to do stuff and also being involved in those quests, actually going and hunting monsters and stuff is really fun. Mm. And there's always something fucking stupid like, oh, the monster ate beef this morning and shat. Maybe if I follow the smell of the shit through town, I'll find the monster. You're like, <laughs> did you see the red thing? And you're like, oh, oh, the shit's gone this way. It's all got people to smell their bombs. <laughs> well, no, the shit leads directly to someone's arsehole. You're like, oh, you ate beef two days ago. It was bad, wasn't it? You did a horrible shit. It's like, oh, I'm not a goblin. I'm not a goblin. It's like, you're clearly a goblin. Fire! Fire! Stabby, stabby! I mean, I punched some people outside a bar. Did you? Yeah, yeah. that's like the first thing you do. Yeah, and then it was like, here's the notice board. And I went to the notice board and I was like, oh, where's the quests? Oh, <laughs> and there's something on the other side of town. I was like, I don't want to go up there. I need to speak. Hold on. Hold that's on. the end of the podcast. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Say goodbye to her and you can hold oh, it in. I give it a Helen Hunt. It's not not great. You didn't talk so long. You have Fantastic. to hold in your pee right. so long. So this has been Crit Apocalypse episode 126. I've been Matt. You've been Ant. And mm-hmm. you're LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. I'm mm-hmm. at Crit Apocalypse on YouTube. Are you still the most the most prolific Mellow Gaming channel? How many people do you have following you on YouTube? Uh, 850. 846. 859. 859. He's booming. Everybody follow him. How, there's 141 away from money. Get some money. We need money. You don't. I, I do. No, I don't need any money. I'm buying shit left, right, and center. But you I've need got money. Thirteen pound left. I'm gonna buy fucking Tokyo Mirage sessions. Oh god! I bought so much pink lemonade today. Why? I love lemonade. This has been Crit Apocalypse. I fucking love video games and movies yeah, and finish your Pepsi. I'm gonna finish it. I need to pee first. Um, end the podcast. Then. Um. Thank you everyone for listening. As always, give us a like, comment, subscribe, whatever you do on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google. We are available everywhere. MySpace. MySpace, probably. Um, let people know. And, and if you like us, give us a shout. We, uh, as I said, I am on Twitter. Um, if I seem that I'm spewing vitriol at some asshole on there, please, please don't take it the same to you in any way, shape, or form. Even if your opinions are similar to that person, feel free to say hello and we can have a lovely chat. Anyway, goodbye. As always. Brexit is a fucking stupid idea and we're all doomed. We've got a festival to go to soon. Festival of Brexit, it's 120 million behind it, 120 million pounds behind I just, it. No one should plan anything for It'll that day and just have like 20 people show up. It'll still be 360 quid a ticket. Mm. And Metallica might play. Metallica. I've heard a rumour they might be coming, but they're probably not coming. Phil, Rod Stewart's going to play. Boris Johnson told me that Roger Daltrey will do a solo set. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Goodbye, everyone. I love you. Thank you for listening. Come back again. Bye. Same Crit Apocalypse channel. Probably a different day. Depends on when we record. You still need to pee. Yeah, my throat really hurts. I'm going to pee. I'm on antibiotics. My pee's bright orange. Bye. I'll be back in a second.